Hello and welcome to the Central Lion George Little Rock Football Podcast, brought to you by the CLGLR Quarterback Club. We're recording live from the Rock River Brewery in downtown Rock Rapids. Now, here are your hosts, former CLGLR head coach Toby Lorenzen, current offensive line coach Dwayne Postma, and current CLGLR head coach Curtis E. Ben. Back to pass is Zach. Now he's going to tuck. He's going to run. He's got room right up the middle of the field. Cuts to the outside. To the race. To the corner. Will Zach get there? Yes, he will. Zach Lutler's got the touchdown. Welcome back to this is our fourth and final episode of season two um, of the Central Line George Little Rock podcast. Um, I'm your host, Curtis Sieben, along with Dwayne Postma and Toby Lorenzen again. Our guests this week, uh, two special guests, uh, to, to at least to our program, to me especially also, um, Coach Greg Schmidt and Coach Terry Van Berkham. Um, this week, just a reminder before we get in, all tips from tonight, uh, Dan, Banerjee, the owner of Rock River Brewery Company, is going to donate those to the uh, Central Line George Little Rock Quarterback Club. So, again, uh, DeBrian, big tip before you leave. I appreciate it. <laughs> yep. We got that already arranged. We got that arranged already, otherwise he doesn't leave a lot. I, I, would, I would invite you again, DeBrian, if I would be disappointed. So, uh, um, so no, going into this week, uh, again, I want to I appreciate Coach Schmidt coming up here from Sioux City and Coach Van Berkham for joining us uh, in town here. But... Uh, uh, we're going to start off with last week's uh, trivia question. What school year did Coach Schmidt start teaching at Central Lion? The summer. Don't say. Don't say. Don't say. Do I get a <laughs> guess on this one? Oh, yeah, I didn't put the answer down. Oh, yeah, well, I don't I know say, the answer. Say, I'm going to say 1960. <laughs> 71. I'm going to say 69. <laughs> you go ahead, Dewey. Finish yeah, her up. Uh, yeah. Nah, I know what it is now, but it's too late. <laughs> Dang it, I thought I was going to nail it. 70. You're correct. 70. 1970. Right. 1970, smokes. yeah. 1970. Three fourths of the people in this room weren't even alive then. <laughs> yeah. Were you? My, my wife's dad worked for Wells and moved us up Memorial Day of 1970. And I coached baseball that summer and eighth grade football. Oh, nice. That's, that's where we got our start. Nice. And when you got hired, Coach, was it social studies or American history or like that department, social studies in high school? Yeah, I had, I had American history. I might have had world history. But, you know, we had over 400 students then. And there was over 100 in every class. And in those days, kids failed. <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, they they yeah. they failed yeah. academically yeah. and were held back for that deal. Yeah. So we we never graduated. Ninety nine was the largest graduating class, but we always had a little over a hundred students in your class. So you had four sections. We should have had five, but we didn't have a, the rooms weren't big enough. Wow! Wow! That's crazy. Yeah. And and coach. Um, Correct me, but before you came to Central Lion, you coached with an old friend of mine as well, Coach Wayne Hensel, who was my offensive line coach at SDSU. One of the nicest guys you ever wanted to meet in your life. Yeah. I I was at Beersford, and actually I lived, me and another kid, we lived in the basement of Wayne and Christine Hensel. Wow. And and I coached there with him. Wonderful man, yeah. We had spring football for two weeks out in the park 
Everyone else was running track, but we were playing football. <laughs> and we had great success. Oh, yeah. Eight and one. The only team we couldn't beat, uh, Burdell, Coplin, Canton, Seahawks. Canton, yeah. They yeah. beat us seven nothing. Our quarterback got loony in the second quarter, and we lost the game seven to nothing. <laughs> and, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a good guy. Really was. Wonderful. Uh, we're going to extend that question to Coach Ron Burkham. What year did you come to Central Line? I came to Central Line in 89-90. Yeah, I so didn't coach football then. Uh, you, you okay? Well, that's we'll yeah. talk about that later. But, but yeah. But yeah, I actually we were in town before. Before that, I managed um, Inga's clothing store. Okay. That's so how what year did you town. move to Rocky then? Oh, uh, my daughter was born here, eighty-two. Okay. So Abby was born it. here. Sure. So I left my wife in Clinton, and I moved here. Lived here a month till she <laughs> moved with, <laughs> with the two boys and uh, Abby. Inga's must have been generational then, right? You and then your and then Nick. Yeah. So multi generational yeah. worker. Man, you are old. You moved here the year I was in high school, my senior year. <laughs> <laughs> Coach Legend Allison feels young. Yeah. <laughs> the only time I felt young in two years. <laughs> um, we're going to continue our Mount Rushmore's, and uh, we're going to have the uh, all-time special teams coordinator on. We're going we're gonna to go with kickers this week. So uh, I'm going to let uh, Coach Van Burkham start off with his Mount Rushmore or kickers. Well, uh, The Rock. The Rock was one of them. Jamie Rakusik. Yep. yep. And, uh, well, and then I uh, also go with uh, Crawl. Carter Crawl. Yep. Carter Crawl. Uh, I would say, uh, who else were, uh, I'm drawing a blank, who else we were talking about earlier? I didn't write them down. Yeah, no, um, uh, we got, we kind of all four agreed on, on this and, I think, okay. really, yeah, there's four. Go ahead, Coach. You can yeah, fill them I, in. You know, I had, those first two I had, um, you know, Jamie Rakuzik. Jamie Rakuzik. I got some stats quickly. Jamie Rakuzik, um, 88% extra point over his years. Uh, he still holds the school record, I believe, in the, in, in the uh, field goal, the 45-yard field goal. And then, obviously, he kicked at USF uh, after that. Um, I had Carter yeah. Crawl down, too. And then I think the ones you're probably yeah, remembering, Bush. try to remember was yeah. Brett Bush. Brett or Bush. Brett Bush, um, yeah. Brett, you know, Bush. Brett, Bush, Brett yeah. Bush probably as far, as far as, he was kind of the Iron Man of kicking, you know, Dewey, we were, we were talking about it. You know, he kicked 98 uh, extra points. So he probably kicked probably the most extra points anybody we had, 80, 88% uh, field or extra point kicker. Two kicks, I remember. Obviously, he kicked a field goal in the state championship that game. Was a, that was a big uh, one. 23-yard field that goal in the state championship game. 16. Yeah. And then, uh, and then uh, he kicked a 28-yard field goal the next year against Eagle Grove uh, right. at Spencer. Right. That was the difference. And that was the only score in the second half for us, and it was the difference in the game. We won by three yeah. points. That so, was, yeah. you know, That's Brett, right. Brett kind of goes unnoticed, but Brett, Brett had a, you know, and, and Coach Eben and I always do our Brett Bush imitations of our kicking, but, uh, you know, he was, he was probably <laughs> the last uh, straight-ahead kicker we ever had, you know, the old Fred Cox kicker yeah. from back in the, back old, in the days of the Vikings. He had square toe he used to put on and run out there. And, and then, we still you know, have the shoe. Yeah. It's actually in storage. <laughs> and then there's one other one. Hold on, Coach. There's one other one that, you know, he probably – I put him on there because you'll probably laugh. Everybody – some of you that were around, uh, Shane, some of you guys I see sitting out there. Jeremy Clawson. Oh, my gosh. Shane, yeah. Shane you, were the, you, were, you were the recipient of that. Joe was the recipient of that. 
You didn't know none of us knew where the <laughs> kick was going when, when Jeremy kicked it. But Nobody this, knew. Now we're talking including kickoffs. Je, including yeah. Jeremy, yeah, on kickoffs. Yeah. Nobody knew where it was it going. It was a weapon. Shane got, Shane got fumble recoveries. Um, Joe got fumble recoveries. Yeah, yeah. knuckleballs. Shane, were you the one that got one in the playoffs right away at the beginning of the game or of the uh, MOC game? We got one right away. And, and uh, Jeremy, you never knew where he was going to kick it, but great kick. Is that what you were going to say? No, that's exactly it. And, yep. and that doggone thing would go like a hook. Come <laughs> yeah, down, spin, yeah. and I can remember that MOC game. You know, they were number one in the state. Yep. Yeah. They'd beat us 19-7, to 7, the, the first district game. Yep. And we went down there, and offense got the kickoff. We scored. Jeremy kicked off, fumbled. <laughs> we recovered. We yep. scored again. We beat them 23 yep. to nothing. Yep. And game boy, over. the Dutch were quiet. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> They sure were. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to take over the Mount Rushmore. Well, no, no, that's good. That's why. Before we move on from the Mount Rushmore and talking about the, the field goal record, I believe that Carter on the, the Mount Rushmore might have a, uh, you know, a, well, a, a little something to say Carter, about that, that official school record. He's got the unofficial record. He's got the unofficial, he's got the unofficial yeah. school he record. He got screwed. They didn't give it from, to uh, him, but Coach Lupkus's uh, brother-in-law's crew that couldn't, uh, couldn't decide whether the ball <laughs> yeah. went through or not. I think Mitch's brother – Brother-in-law was looking at it through some <laughs> weird glasses or something because people standing, even 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 who was it we played MOC, yeah, even yeah. The, their AD even said it was good for heaven's <laughs> sakes, and they yeah, got, and, and to so their, how far was that? That was 40, 40, 47, I think. 47, 48. Okay. But it was definitely. It was, it was uh, you know, and, and to their, you know, they it was just yeah, messed up by their point. That yeah. that crew member. They were short. They were short a guy, yeah, and, yeah, and, and made all of a sudden we came out and we kicked, a, uh, kind of rushed the field to kick yeah. that field goal. And they didn't have anybody back. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. And they <laughs> didn't even look to see if it was good because that crew member that they're missing right. is supposed to be underneath there. And we kick it, and they turn around, and they looked at each other like, uh, uh, we don't know if it's good or not. And oh, so wow. it was just one of those deals. But, yeah. uh, yep. you know, like uh, Coach Postma, I think you maybe want to add one, one more to well, your I list. Well, gonna, I was going to throw Danny Shoneman in there. Um, you know, he was, he was as talented a kicker as we had um, yeah. and, and a pretty good team. So I, I put him in there. Kicked a key one against Jefferson in the semis. And we, against Jefferson, we, yeah. We beat him, what, 11? That, that wasn't a ten to, ten to eight. Pretty ten to close eight, game, yeah. Coach. Again, yep. in your senior year. Yeah, yeah that was my senior okay. year. You're right, Coach. Like once again, today. a difference maker, yeah. Yep. Had some awful good, you know, some of our multi-position guys, you know, yeah. C.J. Rose, Nick Lutmer, some of those guys are really good kickers. But they were all one-year kickers that, you know, Maybe didn't have the great stats, but we, we were always able to find good kickers. A lot of times we'd find a guy that would just kick off, a guy that would just kick field goals. You know, we didn't have a lot of multi, multi-use kickers. You know, and honestly, like now as time's progressing, and, you know, Carter Kroll is the first kid that I ever yeah. remember that actually went to kicking camps. Yeah. And Carter was, and Carter was yeah. an extremely good kicker, obviously, and that's why he's on the list already. But he kind of got things going, you know, with now Matt Darren, and then you got yeah. Logan Koob, who uh, yeah. is coming up that. So you got multiple guys now now that are doing the same thing, and yeah. and it, you just you, you kind of it's one of those positions that you don't value it enough until you actually need right. it, and then all of a sudden it's like oh you know it's a position on the yeah. field that's really needed. Carter so. undoubtedly had had the strongest leg I think since oh, I've been yeah. here. Kind of like special man. teams coach, you don't value them until you need them, right? Yeah, yeah. that's that's the truth. Yeah. They had a You know, I'm gonna add, like <laughs> I'm gonna never add. never get any practice time, but <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh I, yeah, you had a little so, argument about yeah. that every once in a while. <laughs> my, my my Mount Rushmore, I'm gonna go with Carter. Brett Bush, Jamie Krusek, and then add that Jaron Wernsma, um, Jeremy Clausen. But probably go with Jaron just because of the number of touchbacks. I think that's a big factor in, um, for field position is if you can get that team to start in the 20, that's a big deal. And uh, 
um, you know, just field position battle. And, and Jaron had a, a quite a few touchbacks um, in his high school career, and, and that's a big advantage. You know, every as Coach Schmidt taught me throughout the years is every time it's a punt return for 10 yards or a kickoff return for 10 yards, it's the first down that you're given, given that defense to, before they even touch the field. So, again, special teams is a big part of that. And, uh, you know, and, and last year we, we struggled on, on our kickoff team. We found that out the hard way. But, uh, um, again, it's uh, anytime you put it in the end zone, it's a big deal in, on, in high school football. Yeah. So, pretty sure Jaron averaged like f almost 50 yards a kickoff. So, yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Especially if you get, yeah, you get good coverage. Right. <laughs> but uh, Coach Schmidt, I'm going to put you on the, smot, uh, the spot here. We talked about our Mount Rushmore kickers. We're going to talk about Coach Schmidt's best defensive players in all time. And I know you're going to hate this, but this is what podcasts are all about, Coach. So, Coach, <laughs> when did you start calling the defense? What year was that? Well, we, we got that coming down. Yeah. Oh, oh, coming okay. Yeah, coming down. Well, we got it. You got to go back. You got to figure out how far well, to go back. Well, he can come on. If he has one of those guys on, he'll tell you what year they played then. Okay. So just relax. Right. Read your sheet first, and then we'll come back All to it. Right. Anyway, Coach Schmidt, back to your. <laughs> you know, I I thought about that. <laughs> I bet you. But did. when Guts and Borglum <laughs> created Mount Rushmore, <laughs> <laughs> there's only four faces on it. Yeah. And, and if I pick my defensive players, it's got to be 20-some. <laughs> and I'm fearful there's so many good ones, so many good ones. Some are sitting in this room with me. But if I go through and someone's listening and say, Coach, why don't you just, you know, I'm, I just can't do it. But I got like four defensive ends, I think. I got about five tackles, about seven linebackers and probably 10 or 12 DBs right. that you know, I'll put them up against anyone. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they, they were just dang good ball players, and they were so easy to coach. You know, in size, remember, I think the littlest one I'm going to mention. Yep, I know who you're going to say. Wasn't he Nate Robinson? Yeah. You yep. bet. 135 pounds listed. He wrestled at 130. I think they put a bunch of nickels in his pocket. <laughs> I would agree. And I put him against any yeah. doggone big old lineman you got, and yeah. he's going to beat you. He's good. He's quicker than snot. You can't be quicker than snot. Okay, nope. to kind of go along with that, <laughs> to kind of go along with that, if you don't want to name them, maybe give each position, what's, what are the biggest things you look for when you when you were putting defensive players out there? Like, say, say D-tackle, just start with D-tackle, D-N. You know these old college and pros, how fast you can run the 40 and how far you can vertical jump? I based on how fast I could get from someone to get from here to coach even because that's where I think the game was played. Not 50, 80 yard sprints. Yeah, that's in the but I always liked kids that were quick. If they were quick, I didn't care what their size was, and, and I had such good success finding those kids. And, you know, and, and it has to do with a lot of just central line. How many times you had a kid come up and, you know, Coach, I want to play. I don't care where you play me. I just want to play. Yeah. And that's the type of yep. kid that, that we dealt kids. with, you know. We, yep. we, we didn't have this ego I see today that, you know, make a play and pound the chest, you know, bunch of bull. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. <laughs> Amen. So I can't name all 25. But all right. But you got, 
you just know what you through, bet. Through, through the years, and we talked, and that's why we started the Mount Rushmore is because there's a lot. There's been a lot of really good football players that gone through our program, oh. and you know, and and the thing that for us is that, and the reason we started this is because we talked about this every day at coffee or in the weight room or you know, on our breaks or weekends or bus rides home. And, and that's what makes it fun and to discuss the history of our program. And you bring up names that you sometimes you forget about. And, and it's, uh, it's I could rattle them off, but what if I leave off a couple? Well, then that's all. That's part of life. Yeah. You want me to rattle them off? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, man. Oh, man. Just, just throw names out there, Co Coach. Any unit? Okay, defensive answer. This guy sitting over here is one of them. You know who he is? Tell him. Not sure. Ethan Voss. Yeah. Steve Van Wy. Yeah. Steve Van Wy is quicker than snot. You can't be quicker than that. Meester. Tommy. Deep tackles. Perrette. Dustin Drews, quicker than snot. Luke Stubbe. Scott Modern, linebackers, Catherine Curtis, Mike Klingenberg, Roger Meyer, the quickest linebacker, Steve Krogman. Yep. I knew, yep. I knew yeah, that, that name would come up. Yep. Under, most underrated linebacker we ever had. Yep. Jeremy Clausen yeah. was a good linebacker for us. He sure was. Uh, who am I? Um, probably secondary. I'll tell you what it starts with. The first two great communicators I had in the secondary were Shane Vogel and Joe Vanderzee. Those kids, teams used to run this stuff and we just cut that down. We call them under and we just took it away from them. We just took stuff away that was hurting us in the past and those two started it. Eric Cleveringa, Tim Lamonts, and then the Boove, Adam <laughs> Boovey, my gosh, you know, yeah. you talk about. Special. Yeah. Oh, just yeah. Nate Herda. Nate Herda was what, 5'8", five, 5'9", five, what, 150? Yeah, yep. Yeah. Well, could he play corner? Man, he could play corner. I can remember this game we were playing Sioux Center, and they, they run this pitch and pull their left tackle, about 250 pounds. And he comes up to me and he says, Coach, he says, what do you want me to do in that pitch? I says, well, what do you think, Nate? He says, I think I'm going to go and take him out. I says, son. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they ran that pitch in the first quarter right down here in this field, and Nate came up there from that secondary and just cut that, that big fat tackle, boom, down, and the linebacker came in, two-yard loss. They never ran it never again. Never again. Nope. <clears throat> Luke Stubbe were playing MOC in the playoff, and they had that good trap play. And they ran that once, and Luke slanted down from that one tackle position and stuck that guy for about a half a yard loss. And we got hurt so much the first game when that tackle, that trap, they never ran it again. Poor coaching on their part, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, yeah, that, that's and that I hope I don't yeah. know what you had to worry about. You yeah. named basically all of our Mount Rushmore's yeah. of all, <laughs> yeah, all yeah, those guys yeah. there. Well, well they, maybe not we Dewey's spent some time talking like about Krogman last week, too. <laughs> we did. Yeah. We spent a lot of time with yep. Steve, about Steve. What a wonderful yeah. kid. Yeah, yeah. He sure was. I can remember Toby and I sitting in my room watching the, we taped the, the scrimmage, and he made a play, and I can remember this, and Toby and I looked at each other, and we're just, <laughs> <laughs> and 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pound I remember it. Pound remember, for pound, that like kid was, was special, boy. He only maybe 170 pounds. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think he was listed at 175, which yeah. meant he was closer yeah. to 160. We like a lot in those weights, can't we? <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> yeah, we sure did. You know, we're gonna, we'll keep moving on here and uh, – I think we answered a little bit of these questions already, but what year did we start? What year did you start coaching at, at Central Line and Central Line George Little Rock? Nineteen seventy, right, Coach? Eighth grade for about ten years. Eight, so eighth grade, ten years, okay. Coach Ben Burkham. I I started uh, in nineteen ninety. I didn't coach first year, but I got hired when Central Line and George Little Rock went Can't to sharing. Okay. I was I was the original. The original. So I had that on my. Yep. I always patted my back on that. I was with the longest sharing program, and I got hired by it. So yeah, you worked with Ken Roseberry then that year too, didn't no, you? No, actually, Toby did. Toby, Toby did. Toby, yeah. Toby, and Ken had the sophomores. Ken and I had sophomores. Yeah, yeah Terry. Yeah. I was with yeah. uh, the freshman. Okay. With uh, Dan. With Bruce. Dan. Yeah. Yep. I called. Actually, I called defense, and Dan called called offense. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, I called defense all the time. I worked with Ken. Yeah, Ken called offense. Back in the days when you had about four plays, you called on offense. <laughs> I always had four plays. I called on offense. Yeah. That'd be about it for me too. <laughs> At least four plays I liked. Yeah. <laughs> but they always worked. Right, Mitch. Twenty-eight. So, Coach uh, Van Berkham, you started in 1990, and you went until <coughs> so how many years you've been part of the football program? Tw Twenty-seven years with Central Line George Little Rock. Central Line George Little Rock, and Coach yeah. Schmidt, you started in 1970, and you went until. Uh, 2009, I believe. 2008. 2008, yeah. 2008, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. 39 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Couple. Couple <laughs> years. Couple years, yeah. 39. Yeah, so, had, so you start, you went to the high, you went to varsity? About 1980. Dick had asked me three times, and I'm a stubborn German, and uh, finally at the third time I came up about I think eighty-one, something like that. And you went to the to the to coach the high school then, the high school kids coach, or yeah. I was coaching the uh, sophomores then. Okay, okay. And then, well, Dwayne was there about that yep. time. Just a short way after that. We're playing. We just got ripped on Friday night by someone yep. bad, I remember. and we're walking off the field towards the old locker room, <clears throat> and about the ten-yard line, Dick turns to me and he says, "Coach." You're taking over the defense starting now. Yep. Because Coach Coach Nall was actually calling offense and defense. And I told him, I said, Coach, you, you, that, you, you can't do that. You, I actually encouraged him to, to, to do that. You know, Dwayne, you're, you're, you're right, and I thank you for that. But I grew up with the coach, Max Hawk. And he, he became Yankton. the winning. He, he was my first high school coach. That's where he started. And that became was Yankton the, then? Or no, at no, Scotland. At Scotland. Scotland. First. And he yeah, became right. the winningest coach in the state of South yeah. Dakota. He ended up his career. Oh, yeah. 30-some years he ain't. But in, in Dick, in those coaches like that, they were, they were more control freaks than the, the Toby Lorenzens and the Curtis Evans are. Yeah. They yeah. just, they, they, yeah, I agree they with handled that. every, yep. that's the way it was. If yep. they had an assistant, the assistant probably didn't know anything that was going on about mm -hmm. football. He yep. was there because he had to be. Yep. Yep. But, and, and it took Dick a long yep. time, but he did. And, and it and was the best thing could ever happen. And he, and he was the first to admit it, of course, you know, yeah. after it all. And then he turned in, and I think he turned the, 
the kicking over the cherry later yeah. on then and and uh, yeah. And I think it helped him really oh, oh, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, we'll just take care of all this. And Coach Lorenzen was you know you couldn't find a nicer guy to work for because he whatever you wanted to do, you know, he supported you. He's the only guy I know that we could get killed Friday night and be Saturday morning be as positive as yep. it could be, and uh, I know where he was hurting. We were oh, all we're hurting, good. but yep. boy, he he just had a knack of uh, how can I explain it? Uh, bringing those kids back up to where they needed yep. to be, and, and the coaching staff too, for yep. that matter. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's no, it's it's good things. Uh, that's why we're talking about these things, and it's a good part of it. It leads us into some more uh, questions. You know, what kind of Coach Schmidt, we'll start with you. Uh, what kind of background did you have that made you want to coach football? Like what, like growing up or? I know you had a quite a background in baseball too. Yes. Fill us in on some of that too. So we start with baseball first, coach, and then we're going to move into the other one. Well, in in the town I grew up, baseball was king. And, and I had a lot of, because of my great teammates, I had a lot of success. We didn't have high school baseball at that time. In South Dakota, they had Legion baseball, but it was competitive. Oh, yeah. And below that, they had what they called junior, junior. Well, we went to four or five junior, junior tournaments. We won two of them. And, and the darn unfair thing about it, you only had two years of eligibility for Legion ball between my sophomore, junior, and my junior, senior. We won state titles both times in my the year I didn't before me they won it so we were state champs three years in a row and then you played the winner the we were class B school but then you played the winner of the of the large schools that was Sioux Falls Sioux Falls 60,000 people at that time had one legion team oh man and they beat us and I seen my last year, I got beat two to one. I gave up a two run homer. I, I think about it to this day. <laughs> one pitch. <laughs> and, and, and the guy that the guy that pitched for them all three years was Jerry Kreider. And he won 19 games for the Minnesota Twins when Billy Martin was manager. Oh my. Wow. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. So how about wow. your football? How about your football career? You know. Well, basketball, we didn't start basketball until the fifth grade. In football, we didn't, we played football, tackle, just to play it, but high school. And in my sophomore, junior, and senior year, I, I made the team. I lettered my sophomore year, I didn't play much, my quarterback my senior year, played DB, DB my junior year, and we won something like. 19 games and lost five the three years Max Hawk was there. And he was mad that we lost because our oh, senior, yeah. yeah, you know, he couldn't take losing. <laughs> he, you, you guys are 10 times the coaches he were, but he was a disciplinary. He, was a, winner. he was a winner, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. He sure was. He's legendary in that, in that regard. And so that, that type of, what drove you into wanting to coach football coach or what, what, what brought you to? You know, I think. I think all of us when we were kids, and I, I think about all these football players that have come through Central Line, and you know when you're, you're kids, what dominates your, dominated my life, we had to work a lot, but sports, baseball, then 
I like basketball because I could practice that with no one around. And then football. And you know, to answer that question, I think it's your last chance to be a kid. And and I still miss it to this day. I, I think I could still go out and coach, but probably I can't. But you know what I mean? But up here, I still think I could. I don't know. <laughs> but it gets in your blood, and it just doesn't. Just, you know, you say you retire, but you retire from coaching. But up here, if I watch a, a high school game, I'm coaching. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't want people around me clapping right. and rooting right. and telling. I'm, what would I be doing with that? That's why I look at it. I'm not saying I'm right, but that's just the way I am. Yeah, yeah that's, right. that's, that's what's it's what made you who you are, Coach, and that's, that's right. why we all appreciate it. And so it's a, it's a perspective, like like I said, what brought you to this. And, uh, um, you know, just one of those paths that we, we cover. You know, I'm going to ask Terry the same thing. What, what brought you into coaching, well, Terry? About the same thing. When I was a kid, we, we played tackle football. I mean, it was tackle football in the neighborhood. You got together. You know, the, we loved it when we got the first snowfall. You know, and then that got me into junior high, and and probably the one thing that motivated me the most was uh, it was my senior year walking off the field at Northwestern. Les Hansen came up with me uh, with another coach, Ken Eckness, and they had a big smile on their face and they were laughing, and they said, "You know, when you were a freshman, you put pads on, and we saw you in the pads." And he said. Uh, we thought you were going to get killed because I was about 98 pounds. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, was, I didn't have a growth spurt. I was short, and Les Hansen takes credit for putting me out at wide receiver. And he said, we put you out there because we didn't throw the ball. <laughs> <laughs> and we knew you wouldn't get hurt. And, and that just, you know, that kind of, you know, just, just playing out there by myself. And then, you know, eventually I just, you know, I, I – I actually made the defensive, started defensive end my junior year. And from there on, I, you know, got to play under a great coach by Coach Corver. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, with dealing with Coach Corver and Mel Churchmont, two of the premier coaches in this area. That's for sure. That, that really got me into coaching. So then I, I took a job in Clinton. I was the... Uh, the coach for the Catholic school. For, okay. uh, we had four junior high Catholic schools, and I was citywide Catholic co uh, coach there. And okay. Then got a bad taste of teaching over there and got kind of in all. It was a power struggle between the, some of the schools and got out of coaching. And when I got back here, you know, it just. Never leaves you, did it? No, it didn't. Yeah. I, I started doing some radio with Rich Rosty, and that got me back. And then when I got back in the school district and got hired, I was just – I actually went back two years and coached at Northwestern. And uh, then uh, got lucky to be coach under Dick and then Toby. And and I have no regrets. I have yeah. no regrets of never being a head coach. I love my assistant position. I remember the day that – uh, Toby and I both applied for Dick's job, and Larry came and gave me the news, and I said, well, I'll go talk to Toby, and I walked in his office. I said, whatever you want me to do. Yeah, remember that day. And I'll tell you what, I just <coughs> loved it. I loved coaching with Toby, loved coaching with, you know, you guys, loved coaching with Mitch, yeah. uh, and then the little short guy, Keith Van Beek, <laughs> you know. 
Keith and I really had had a lot of good time. A lot know, of I, good thought, years. I thought Keith, I thought Keith was normal size. Yeah, but, normal. But I'm the same <laughs> same way, Greg. As far as when it, the first year I had to sit in the stands, it was at West Sioux, and my actually Kathy told me to leave because she said I was getting, I was kind of lipping off to some of our fans because they were saying. Stupid things. I mean, so I, I don't. I go to a track meet. I go to a basketball game. Whatever. I like to sit by myself. Yeah. Yeah. Keep yeah. moving on with some of the things that uh, we talked about. But uh, uh, Coach Van Berken, we'll start with you. What uh, What other sports did you coach uh, throughout your tenure at Central Line? Uh, I at obviously mock trial. We got to start with well, mock trial. I know. Come of course. Well, mo well, mock trial and. You know, I got to go back to one story. When you guys were at the state football playoffs, uh, middle school mock trial team qualified for state, so I was there. I'm sitting in my room after I got my kids all set, and I get a text from you, and he said, so how's the scouting report? Did you get out and scout any of your teams you're going to compete? <laughs> 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 and I don't know, okay. But. But, but, yeah, I did the mock trial. I, I did do one year of girls seventh grade basketball. Okay. And that's all I would give Elvin. Yep. I, that, that was a little rough. <laughs> I, had the, I had the manager cry in one practice. <laughs> coach Schmidt, uh, what are the sports did you coach at, uh, at Central Line? I came here as a baseball coach, and our program was – it was a disaster. The coach they had hired from Sheldon the year before never even had him check in the equipment. Oh, my. And so Dick was the AD then. He canceled our first two weeks so we could, I found out, coaching at Central Line was mostly coaching but taking care of the field because you had no janitorial help at all. You had to take care of it. And they had a little, little fork tractor parked over in your garage, dirt joints, and that go away. And that's what I used to bring dirt in and leveled off. And so I coached that for about seven, eight years in our facilities. And I, I drive out to the west end of Rock Rapids now and look at those baseball facilities, and I think, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's really something compared nice. to. Yeah. If you talk to the kids that played uh, in the early 70s, it was. Yeah. And we had, we had some very good ball players. Yeah. Crow. Oh my Milton Hill brands. Yeah. Yeah. Real good kid. So my problem was I couldn't keep our seniors. After they graduated, no. they didn't play that senior years. Real good ones. Kirk yeah. Bush, Mike Bresky, Tom yeah, Roach. Right. Good good baseball players, but it's probably I always thought, well, it's me, I'm not doing something right, but I don't know what it was. It yeah. just couldn't keep them out. It's a changing world. Yeah. It was tough. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was just tough anytime. And I, I was working. basketball coach for okay. three years. And the same, you know, and I, I coached basketball for three years before I came to Central Line. So I had six years experience coaching basketball. But anyway. So that's kind of your extent of coaching, huh? So both of you guys, really, majority of your coaching was just football. The, the last yeah, about the last twenty some years was. Clint and I coached basketball, junior, middle school basketball and track. Okay. But uh, just again, 
talk about uh, classes. Coach Schmidt, you can talk about what class did you teach throughout your – again, hit a little bit of that earlier. American, American history. I got my master's in uh, summers of 67, 68, 69, and 70. And I taught American history. And then the last 25 years, what a blessing I had. I used to have a class, Dwayne remembers, because he took an RCJ, uh, Russia, Russia, China, China Japan. China, yeah. This is one of my favorite classes. Yeah. And it, it's a class, really, when you yeah. think it should be being taught now. Yeah, it should. But yeah. it's not offered at the school yeah. system. Yeah. And so I, then the last 25 years, I taught psych and social, which was really a blessing because it was a class for seniors. And the only kids I got in there were kids who got a B, B plus, or A's in history. So I got the cream of the crop of Central Line in there constantly. <laughs> just, <laughs> just really great kids. And we just... We did a good job with that class. You did I, not have coach even. So I'm assuming that none okay. of our coaches are sitting here. <laughs> right in that class. But anyway, <laughs> coach. I, but you know what? I, didn't, I guarantee you, Coach Van Beek was in it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to talk about a class that I took with you, Coach, and it's, it, it was a it was a May term class. You taught marriage. Yes. Yes, you did. Yes. Yeah, I did that. Yeah. Well, I used to have that. He had so that as a regular class for a while. I had that in my yeah. sociology class. Yeah, right. We married the it, couples, yeah. and some if we didn't yeah, have a right. bunch gone. Yeah, I was part of that. Two boys might have married yeah. or two girls. But yeah. well, that's normal today, Coach. Oh. <laughs> and we, we drew the names out of the hat of yep. the income, yep. and we had yes. such a cooperation yep. yes. from the merchants. It was an awesome class, an awesome section of the class. They had to buy a car. Yep. Yep. They had to buy a home. They had yep. to buy insurance. Yep. They had to budget their groceries and stuff. Their kids, they could have. Some, yep. And I don't know how many times we had this for the. And in those days, you just let the kids go. They come in, sign up. Yep. Okay. Yep. I'd make arrangements with the insurance and the car dealers and the bankers. And we they'd had to go, go down. We had to go talk to them. Yeah. And go buy their car. And I can't remember how many kids come back. Mr. Schmidt, can, can we get a different car? <laughs> <laughs> We spent too much money on that <laughs> car, which, which was part of the yeah, lesson, you right, know? Yeah, yeah, right. That was part of the lesson. And, and it was real. And it I don't know awesome. if they teach something like that, but that call it your consumer education, yeah. the ability to, to handle money, I, yeah. I think it's just, I don't know. Yeah. So, and personal finance was another course, right, Coach? That you had? I remember, I, or maybe it, was, maybe it was part of the other class. I remember learning how yeah. to balance my checkbook. In your <laughs> class, yeah, a little different in today's yeah. world. Yeah, coach. So I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna expand on this marriage class. So, coach, I took it obviously, and, and um, one of the things we talked about was dating in that class. It was, it was before marriage. It was before we just talked about dating, and you, and you told us many things I remember because you told me like, if you ever go on your first date, never order pasta because you, you just, you, you're a big old mess. And then we, we, you taught us how to like. For the first time in my life, like how to actually pick up pasta with a spoon, and that's yeah, why they I, give you the big spoon. I never knew what it was for, to be honest. That's I, okay. I still can't do it today. <laughs> 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 if, if I have spaghetti, I wanted it. At home. I wanted it at home where I can eat it the way I want to. There you go. And not on the spoon type uh, of thing. That's funny. But so many little things like that. The table manners is what we yeah, really covered there. And. Uh, but it was a big, it was a big thing that I, that's the first time in my life that I learned these things, you know, and, and then, you know, I, you asked me at, at one at the time in my life, you like, you got a girlfriend, I don't know if I, I might have had a girlfriend or whatever, or he goes, well, if you take her on a date, take her bowling, 
You told me to take my girlfriend bowling for the first date. Because you told me that you took a girl bowling one time in high school or whenever it was. <laughs> when I, and uh, he goes, watch her and see when she throws that ball. If she, if she watches the ball go down and hit the pins and she doesn't turn around before, then you know she's competitive. He goes, I took a girl and she went bowling. She threw the bowling ball down the alley and she turned around. And I said, ah, that's enough. We're going home. <laughs> so I, that's a true story. Yeah, and I, and I still remember that. You know, and I, and I often think about that. Even with my kids now, as they, as they do it, I think to myself, do they care enough to watch how many pins they knock down? Are they going to be competitive? It's a big deal in today's society. Well, you know, I think, Coach, that. That's one of the things that coaches have in common, that word you meant, competitive. We don't like to lose. That's we lose, and we lose graciously. I can remember getting beat by Emmett Spray out here seven to six, and I was worried right after the game. I took a timeout, and I walked out, and I said, those, those uh, central line line, I said, central line wins with class, and central line loses with class. Good job, guys, and walked off the field because yeah. I didn't want them to take a cheap shot at anyone, yeah. and they mm -hmm. didn't, you know. Doggone yeah. it. Yep. Coach, you talk about uh, uh, Coach Schmidt's teaching classes. He was my favorite teacher. I think he knows this. And I don't know if you remember this specific example, but it was, it was, it was life-changing for me, and it, I don't know where I'd be today. I remember it. I, I, I was bound and determined when I went to college that I was going to be a history teacher just like him and I was going to be a coach. I wanted to coach just, just like my, my favorite teacher. Um, I, was, I believe it was halfway through my freshman year. I'm home for Christmas break, go to a basketball game, sit over there in the corner in the old gym where the teachers always sat. You know, that was always the teacher's section as we called it and sat by Coach Smith or he came and joined me. And he was quizzing me on, on my college, how it was going and all that, and asking me what my major was. And I said, well, I'm going to be a history teacher. And I, you know, I, was, I was pretty proud of that. And at that time, the, the best advice I ever got, and, it, and I took it, and to this day, I don't know where I'd be had I not, but he, he told me, Dwayne, I, I don't mean to discourage you, but if you're a history teacher today and you would apply for a job like Central Lions, he said there'd probably be 60 or more applicants for it. There was a lot of them out there. And he said, you should maybe consider something else. Some, you know, and, he's, and I'm, you know, he could kind of tell, I think, that my dauber was down a little bit. And he said, well, what else do you like? What, what, what else, what is, what is a big deal for you? And I said, well, I grew up on a farm. I'd like, you know, I'm a farm kid, whatever. Well, he said, why don't you be an ag teacher? Consider an ag teacher. You can still coach. You can do that. And by golly, I went back in that start of that next semester, Coach. I, I don't know if I ever told you the rest of the story. Maybe. I think I did. But I changed my major, graduated with an ag ed degree, and lucked out. And the Central Line job was open at the right. The, the timing was all right. And Lord only knows where I'd be had I not taken your advice. Thanks, so, Dwayne. That's, that's a long time ago, but it was good stuff. You know, and I remember that you in my room. And I said, stay here, Dwayne. We went yeah. over to Gene, yep. Gene Schrader, yeah. took the Des Moines paper. I went and got the paper. I took the ads, and I said, look at the, look at the VOAG jobs yep. available. And I'll try and find a history job yep. available. That was all part of that, that, yeah. that deal. Yeah. yeah, you made a great decision, yeah, Dwayne. Sure you did. really did. Yeah. You yeah. made a great So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. 
Terry, Terry, we are in a time restraint when we yeah. start talking about teaching positions. So if you want to start, <laughs> <laughs> I taught tag. Tag, you're in. Okay, all right, there. <laughs> well, I, I, I actually I started Central Lion uh, fourth quarter of uh, I took over for Steve Steinhoff. Steve Steinhoff got a job with the FFA. FAA, FAA, sorry, FAA, and uh, so at the time I was kind of looking, I had accepted a job in Des Moines, and I actually was supposed to be in Sioux Falls, and they transferred me to Des Moines, and I hated Des Moines, so I came back, and I saw that this was open, so I went and I applied, and got the job, and so I quit my other job, and figured, well, hey, it'll be a perfect transition for me to go right into middle school social studies, and Applied for the job, and Mel Wishman came up to me and says, uh, we gave the job to someone else, Bruce Eckenrod. <laughs> so Bruce got the social studies job, and uh, so I went home thinking, oh, what am I going to do now? And then about an hour later, here comes Mel and Larry, and they said, we got a position we're going to make next year. It'll be the, we're starting a tag program, and we want you to take it over. And he said, or in two years, he said, but uh, you're going to have to get a degree. So actually, I went back. I was a, uh, a college senior with three kids. <laughs> uh, going to North, went back Northwest, and I was lucky enough to get everything done. And, uh, yeah, they gave me the job. And, and after that, uh, with Lance Olson, we had some teacher cuts here and there, or people were quitting. I taught middle school lit with you're uh, with Dan Cruz, uh, taught some social studies with Bruce, uh, taught an exploratory class, and finally I ended up when Eldon uh, retired, I took over the world history. And, oh, PE, with, yeah, that's right. <laughs> PE with Tobe. I forgot about that. I forgot I, the most important thing, yeah, PE, right? I taught, I taught elementary PE because I did have that. I, I got degree, degrees coming out of I know. I know that's why I didn't want to spend all night. It was great. It was, hey, it no masks. It was great because the kids would have him and he'd yell at him all the time. And they thought oh. I was God. <laughs> so I didn't yell at him. Uh, <laughs> You're going to be successful no matter what, Tobe. You're going to be successful. That's right. Uh, well, I'm going to go into the next question, and, and this is like a vague question, the fact, because I think we talked a little bit about it, but I uh, start with you, Coach Schmidt. Uh, you coach under both Coach Nall and Coach Lorenzen, but what was the biggest difference between the two? That's a good question. It's a tough question, too. Uh, I think there were two different individuals, really. Like I said before, you know, Dick started coaching in the 60s when you controlled everything. Mm -hmm. and, and it wasn't until when doing the 80s? Mid-80s. 20 years yeah. later yeah. where he said, okay, yeah. you take the right. defense, you take the kicking and yeah. stuff such as this here. Yeah. Well, Coach Lorenzen started coaching in the uh, 80s, became head coach in 95, correct? Mm -hmm. and, and grew up with this thing. So... Toby was great in delegating things, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, I think it just it made it easier for the Droyans and the Gregs and the people like that. No doubt. And, and 
Detroit. We got a job to do, and he expects us to do it. And uh, I think my biggest thing I regret the most is not enjoying the victories. It seemed like Friday nights we'd go over to Coach Lorenton's house, and I, I'd feel good. We won a game, and then I'd see the scoreboard. Gee, many Christmas Sioux Center scored 42 <laughs> points. Yeah, right, right. In my mind, immediately, there went my enjoyment of the game. Yeah. 42. They scored 42. Yeah. I got to stop that. Yeah. And one of the things I think we really did a great job when that was in preparing. I, I can remember this guy calling me up. Greg, he says, Cherokee's on. We're going 3A. We got Cherokee on our schedule. I'd never seen Cherokee play in my life. Coach says, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I got some tapes. Three days later, I get four tapes. And so I sat there and watched those tapes religiously. And, yeah. and uh, I thought, I think that's the greatest change, really, from the Coach Nalls to the Coach Lorenzen was video available. You know, Jan and I, my wife, we went over to Belmont. You know where Belmont's at? It's a ways. <laughs> you just as well be in Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we're scouting the game, and, and I take a tape recorder along, and, and I, called a, I called a place. And, and, and that's what you had. Then you wrote them down and stuff like this. Yep. And, and boy, when, when those discs came out, and those tapes, with a little VCR, I, I still got my wife wants to know what I want to do with it. I still got an old VCR player. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I still got some tapes. And then he told me, I, oh, that broke my heart when he said, well, they don't use those anymore, Greg, those discs. I wanted a disc of all our playoff games. We don't have them anymore. I got some. If I can ever figure out how to run the TV to use them again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think that's, yeah, that I, think that's I think that's the biggest change in mm -hmm. In football today, the, the kids are bigger. Fat. Well, they, they got more time. They don't have to go out and work the farm yeah. work that no that doubt. kids did. I can remember years ago, uh, Stan Lepis, very successful businessman. Yeah. I think his folks let him go out for one or two sports. That's it, because you got farm work to yeah. do. And I can remember the first year we met in Dick Nall's basement, and they give us, and I think you still give it, this award for... Uh, I don't know if it's a legion. It's some sportsman. yeah, sportsmanship. sportsmanship. Yeah. Yeah. And you had to be out for two sports. In the first year I'm in Coach Nall's basement, we had a difficult time finding kids mm -hmm. that were in two sports because the farm kids yeah. were expected to stay home and work. Yeah. Absolutely, that's true. And we didn't have wrestling then. We didn't no, have, yeah. you know, the poor girls didn't have any sports. Right. Yeah. It's it really changed in, in I think Coach Lorenzen adapted very yeah, easily yeah. to this stuff. And so yeah. what year did you start calling defense? We, we, do you know yeah. exactly, Coach, uh, roughly, Dwayne, do you remember? Or Coach Na, I think it was, I think it was 19, 11 years before, I, I called defense 11 years for Dick. Okay. And 14 for Toby. Yep. I think it was it was it 80, was eighty five or so eighty six. No, no. Yeah, I was there seven years. Eighty three or eighty four. Yeah, somewhere in there, yeah. Because he ninety four was his last year, so back yeah. up eleven yeah, years right. or whatever yeah. that be. Yeah. And and that's the game where. Yeah. 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 That then was we, it. 
I took over three, we won, a, we won the next five games that yep. year, and then we got clobbered by West Hawaii in the playoffs. Yep. That was 88, uh, 89? 80, yeah. No, no, that's 80, was 83, 84. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Coach Van Beek was playing. He didn't know what year it was. Well, Coach? 83 season, probably. Yeah. So well, I know one thing. I know one thing. I've always used Lou Holtz's philosophy on that. You hire assistants that are smarter than you, and that's the thing I did with you guys. <laughs> hire, hire assistants that are smarter than you. Make well, you look good. I, I, I played for Les Hansen at Rock Valley. He was the same way, like Dick. He controlled. Everything. I, I mean, I remember him t working with the defense, then he'd Okay, now we're going to work offense. He'd work with the offense. I mean, he he did everything. Yeah, and you know. I think that was like you said, it was just different yep. times and different personalities, and things yeah. were ran that way, and yeah. the ex expectations and were that way. Yeah, well, you know, you know, as a head coach, you're always going to be a control freak, but that's the hardest thing as a head coach <laughs> is to give up some of your control. Correct? And it is. It's, 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 tough. Tough. it's, tough. it's hard it's because. But when you, you got good guys like the guys yeah. sitting in this room right here in this whole room right here, it's it's it makes it a heck of a lot easier. I tell well, you what, you know, it's like when you got out to, you know, and Terry went with you and, and Coach Schmidt won a couple years before that. But you look at the number of years going. I mean, it, the number of years of coaching experience just in football alone. Mm -hmm. It's, it's incredible. I think we added up yeah. multiple times. I don't yeah. remember the number, but it's, it's incredible. It's, a, it's, an, it's incredible. It's it also is. a time where there were in the, in the back in the early 80s and whatever before that, there was most every program had four coaches in their yeah. high school program. So it had to be somewhat more controlling just for that reason. Correct. Be, you know, that was that was a big part of it. Right. And then we expanded, especially when we joined with George Little Rock. Good point, Dwayne. Yeah. So That's that right. was a big part of it, too. You know, when Kurt's yeah. talking about years of experience, I've, I know, I, Coach, I've talked to these guys about it numerous times. I would put our school, our our program up against anybody as far as the years of experience that of keeping the same staff or the same core staff. It doesn't happen very often. And uh, no, it's, it's, no. it's because of you guys. Yes. But just the advance of, you know, I remember going with Toby to Emmitsburg. Well, to yep. Emmitsburg to scout. Oh, yeah. Yep. And I'd be drawing up the plays. Toby would be talking in the old uh, uh, yeah. tape recorder. And, you know, now you guys got huddle. You yeah. just send the tapes. Or we'd be meeting them when we had to play Missouri Valley. The, the year we you. played uh, was, was 89, uh, 88. We were getting to play Emmitsburg in the playoffs or the – uh, Habel's group. Um, yeah, 88. Yep. We were scouting, and we were on our way home from scouting that day before that <laughs> game, and, and we're and Dan Cruz stops on a hill. We jump up, yep. and we're trying to get the radio to work because we want to hear the score of the game because yeah. we're on the way home. That's how times have changed. <laughs> <laughs> times have changed, but, yeah, you went through 16-millimeter to VHS yeah. to, D to DVD, and you never, ever got to into the huddle part of it, did you? No, no, yeah. no, no. Yeah. Just push yeah. button. Yeah. I think, Dwayne, when you played, didn't Dick yeah. take the film to Sioux Falls yeah. to get it developed? It was, yeah. And, yeah. and, and it wasn't old, not a good film. No, I it mean, wasn't. It was. That yeah. was the old 16 millimeter, I yeah. believe. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You put it on yeah, the reel. On the reel, <laughs> and it went through the machine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, Coach, I'm going to keep moving here. Um, probably going to, and I hope you, you know, who was the most frustrating slash hardest?
to get through to a kid to coach through those years. And it doesn't have to be so much that it's not, doesn't, maybe it's one of the best players, but it wasn't easy to coach. Anybody in your mind stick out? And maybe three, four, or five of them. I don't know. I always prided myself on my secondary play. Yep. I don't remember. Probably I'm wrong. I don't remember a kid catching a touchdown pass wide open in my life. Did I? I don't nope. think so. I don't think so. I can't remember one. But and I'm not going to pick out any individual. But what? You can. No. <laughs> What what would happen occasionally? Change right there if you want. <laughs> M- Mitch, Mitchell's Mitchell. right there too. No, no, <laughs> no Mitch didn't do it. But every now and then you got a secondary person that will try to play. And I used to use, don't try and play God. Don't try and get up there and stick your nose in where a linebacker. You're going to give up. And I we had it happen. Uh, the game I can think of that I thought we got beat by Emmitsburg at Emmitsburg, and I think we were the better team. It's the only time I ever felt that we were the better team, but we got beat because it was my fault because I didn't discipline that secondary well enough. Yeah. And I can look at the tape, and we got safeties coming up there, yeah. and the fullback's going through, and he, so he just went and you get hit, and geez, all of a sudden, hey, there's no one in front of me. Coach, I remember the exact same game, and I feel like it was my fault because we had a, an offensive lineman missed an incredibly key block that particular game. That I so so we're yeah, I get what you you're know, saying. I really do. But, but that game, that game yeah. really hurt, and and you know it just I don't know. Here it is, what twenty some years, twenty five years later, and I can recall that game just like that, you know. And and, and it's not so much that I'm asking that it's, you know, like that situation, but I'm asking like more of a funny type situation, the fact of who's been somebody that that was kind of frustrating to coach but yet kind of enjoyed coaching him because he was frustrated, maybe bullheaded, maybe slash, didn't listen to you, but just an extremely good athlete or – it's somebody that rings a bell to you. Um, well, you did. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. I knew that was coming. In fact, uh, it's so. Yeah, set yourself I, up for that one, Kurt. I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Curtis was, was. Curtis, he came on as a sophomore. And it was obvious he was a gifted athlete. And where do I play this guy? And I started out in the uh, safety I played. And I could see that wasn't going to work because he was. <laughs> and so what I ended up, I put him where he could do the best good for the team and the least damage. <laughs> <laughs> I put him. I put him at a little linebacker, and he became, and he was. He uses. I never used the term in my life till he came on the staff downhill, but he could go downhill like you never seen before. And then I think his senior year, I moved you to the our one linebacker, which to me was the most important linebacker position because most teams are right-handed. You know, Coach, actually, that my senior year, and you let me play both sides, one and nine, depends on the strength. And yeah. I, I, like that flexibility, I think, for you at that time was like, kind of unheard of because you were so disciplined on what you did, but yeah. you, you go, yep, you can go to one or nine linebacker and you can play. And we were watching tape uh, a while because we uploaded all of our tapes from the previous years, like 98 and 
and 99. They're all on YouTube now. Oh. And so, and so if you get bored sometime, you, you can go on YouTube and, and, and watch games. But, you know, but Gino, Gino, <laughs> hey, Gino gets you hooked up on that. Yeah. Don't worry. But, but the thing is, is that I, I was telling Coach, Coach Cruz, and I said to him, I go, I know, I think I got benched in this game. <laughs> yeah, and, and I t- because I, I go, they, they threw a screen early on, and I'm, I was nowhere to be found. I was chasing the cheerleaders on the other side of the field. And, uh, and you pulled me off, and you just chewed me out for not staying home. And, the, and, and later on that game, and I think we, well, we might have missed it, because later on they run a different play. Everybody's away, and I'm still backside. I I'm staying. So, no, you know, it's, it's one of those things that you, you learn to, you know, the trust. I think the trust factor and the discipline factor and things like that, that you entrusted in us as players, that's a big factor. And, and we can talk about that even later. I know that's what we got coming down here. But it's a, it was a big factor for us. So I want to ask you one, too. Do you remember uh, Sheldon um, in, the, it'd be in the early 2000s uh, talking about a hot dog, if I needed a hot dog? Uh, what was you saying, Coach, on that one? What was you saying on that one? <laughs> Dan Vanders, he knows what I'm talking about with that one. It were, I'll tell you what happened. <laughs> we're playing Sarge, Westwood of Sloan. And, and what was the, the, the corner? Darren. Darren. Darren Overman. Darren, <laughs> Darren <laughs> o- And Darren Overman oh, misses oh an interception and starts doing push-ups. Because we were doing them in practice. They were doing that. They saw it on TV. And And Sloan Sloan was bad, by the way. And and I get him over the game, and I says, I says, if I want a hot dog, I'll buy one. (laughs) (laughs) And then then Toby came up to me and said, Coach, it's not his fault. He was taking care of the secondary that week. And if they missed an interception, he yeah. was having them do push-ups. No, I'm going I'm to turn that on Chris Keel. That was his fault on that. <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> so then I put Overman back in the game, and everything was kosher after that. Yeah. yeah that was funny. I, I, I always remember that one. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> do, you remember, do you remember when you used blinders in practice on somebody? Do you remember that? Um, no, I think I that did. was more I, Coach I, Eben. I, I, that was definitely me. That was yeah. Coach Coach Schmidt was all behind it, but it was Coach Eben. Okay, yeah. okay. So I'm the one that put blinders. Brian Caparis. Brian Caparis. Okay, put blinders on him before the. We, we played the Solon <laughs> that that year, and I put blinders on and Brian Caparis going into the gym. It was a championship gym game a year, wasn't the, it? Yeah, it was a championship yeah. game, and, and and they ran trap because you didn't so want him, you didn't want him looking at anything. But so the big up. the big thing that we talked about all week and, and prepping for that weekend prepping for it was. Brian can't be worried about all this motion and everything else. He's got to worry about that fullback. And so that week in practice, I came back and I and I and I duct taped cardboard on the side of his helmet. Remember that, coach? And uh, so he could he could not. He's like a bull with blinders on. He couldn't see anything besides the quarterback in front of him. And so, and but speaking of the dome, I think the one thing that I remember when I played because I, I returned punts, and I think a lot of people remember is what did you bring? What did you bring with you to uh, to to the gym? With you um, every time they, they explain punt returns. I not, if you don't remember, I return to the b- ball bouncing on the turf. Yeah. Oh. You brought you brought a. What'd you always bring? What'd you bring a little? You brought a golf ball. Do you remember that? Something like that. And yeah. You, and you set, you drop it on the floor. And what did that golf ball do? It just rolled down the <laughs> yeah. floor. And that was your example of punk. You let that ball hit the floor in the in the dome. That ball's gonna keep rolling. Yeah. And that was an example like. 
Like, even to this day, we still use that example because of that reason. And it's an example that obviously I learned from you, but it, you know, it's a. You know, that's interesting because I think luckily we were the first team around here to have guys fair catch. And I remember, you know, a lot of times Dick or even Toby get someone back to his speed. And I thought, I don't care if they got any speed or not. Can they catch the ball when everyone's around you yelling, drop it, drop it, drop it. Can you catch that fair catch, that ball? And boy, we had great success doing that. Mm -hmm. Kids catching the ball. And then it's spread and I noticed out yeah. all the teams are doing it, but they didn't do it. They didn't do it for a few by, years. And by catching the ball, that saved us a lot of yards. Oh. Yeah. yeah, that's right. The big, the big thing you also taught was giving with the ball. Like, you always want to give with that. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. You, you, you always, bet. And, and, and that was a point that was, again, that was something that was And he was taught. one of the good ones. I can remember him breaking a big one against MOC down there. Oh, yeah. One, yep. I thought one of the most perfect games I've ever been associated with. Curtis is, I think, senior year. We beat him 28 to nothing. We did. They had a good team. They had a running back that was over a thousand yards, a good fullback. Very good tight end. And, yep, and I remember, end I remember Kurtz bringing a, a punt return. He should have scored, but he didn't. I tripped over Matt's feet. He was slow. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that was, yeah. Yeah, well, we did a good we did a good job on those special teams. Yes, that we did. Return. And there we go. Did a good job on those special teams. And I, just, yeah, I, I agree with you. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask Coach Van Berkham. Do you have any uh, anybody in your mind that was really well, frustrating, th hard? There was one, yeah. and, and uh, you know, at, at our level, you you don't, you know, you know, kids are gonna make mistakes, but this kid would never want to practice. But he, in game time, Corey Kempema. <laughs> Game That's time. A good example. As, as Dewey would say, he's a gamer. He's, he's a gamer. <laughs> and, and, but the, the classic part is right now he's coaching my grandson. <laughs> so I've gone to watch some games, and I've watched him holler at my grandson. And after the game, I'll look at him. He says, sounds familiar, doesn't it, Coach? <laughs> yeah. he, you know, and, and he just, he, he's so competitive. Uh, he's become a great, great friend of mine, and, and, and he's become a, Heck of, he's become a heck of a basketball coach at Hinton. I watched yeah. their game, and I, he was assistant coach. Yeah. To, and you're right, boy. But, but he, he is sure has so, changed from high school. Oh, he's so competitive. <laughs> he shows everybody grows up, huh? And, 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 you know, he'll say, boy, I wish I would have been. You know, and he goes, yeah, I, I wasn't all into practice. But boy, <laughs> oh, he makes those kids run now. Oh, God. It's, but it's, it's – yeah. He'd, he'd be the one. He was yeah. a frustrating kid to coach, I'll tell Co you. Boy, he had great hands. Oh, so. oh yeah. amazing. He's one of the few high school kids I could see going to catch yeah. the ball. Yes. Yeah. Like to catch it today. Yeah. yeah. He was way ahead of his he time. He was way ahead. We didn't throw the ball, but we didn't have to. Is that right? <laughs> coach Schmidt, who is one of your most favorite kids to coach and why? Too many of them. It's hard. I, I, I get that. You know, I could, every season was a different season. Yeah. And every season had different personalities in there. You know, your team. I don't care if, you know, we had two losing seasons that I coached. In 92, we were three and six. And then that one year, totally about. Oh, five. We were four and five. five. Yeah. And all the other times you won, but I think you approached 
every season the same. I remember Dick years ago saying, I said, Coach, what, how do you work this? Well, he says, I look at the schedule and I see the, the teams that I know we're going to beat or should beat. And then the teams that could beat us, and I always figure if we beat one of those teams, we've had a successful season. Well, I never looked. I thought we should win every game. <laughs> you know, yeah. that, That's why I tried to prepare. And I think, I don't know, I don't think you can ever over-prepare. And you need you need a support staff like like we had here with with our coaches. I don't remember our coaching staff ever getting in an argument. Did we agree all the time? No. But I think we, I don't know, we, we just seemed to get along. And I know we didn't agree sometimes on the stuff, but we worked it out. And then you got to have a supportive wife, too. I'll tell you that. Amen. It, you know, I don't care. The, the time you put in, my mind started on Friday night when I saw that scorebook. And, and I had to have my stuff ready by Monday's practice. It's the way Coach set it up. We, we went over the, the defensive plan, the offensive plan, and Tuesday was mostly defense. Wednesday was mostly offense. And I figured you, I had about two hours that week on the field. I got to be ready. And I always think if, if a young coach getting into coaching thinks that Friday night, then you Saturday I can go watch Iowa or Minnesota play, and Sunday I'm going to watch three NFL games, he's in the wrong line of work. <laughs> you got to be preparing for that team by Monday. And Coach Van Beek was so great. Of course, he's you know he's got that technology that I don't have a brain for. And, and we would diagram – and Sunday, when I came back on, on Mondays, and the pass plays would be in mine. All, all the pass plays that team ran so I could give the coverage, hand it out to the players. You know, it, it was just great. But look at the staff we had and the people we had doing things like that for you. And yep. then, then we got the playoffs. Then we got, I got Coach Van Beek to coach the defensive line. Just, you know, where's what I want? And he did it. He did a, did a good job with that D-line. Yep. Still does. You bet. Yep. I, I'm sorry with you, Coach. Uh, Terry, you got a favorite player, Coach? Yeah. yeah. Uh, being special teams coach, that's the yeah. kind of the route I went. Yeah, Matt, no, Matt Willinga. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Matt Willinga didn't play a lot. But I'll tell you what, he was our one of, back then we called them kamikazes. And, and his job was to go down when they formed that wedge. I told him, your job is to go down and destroy it. I don't care how you do it. And, and there, I don't know how many games he'd be flying down there, and he'd be about five, five yards from them, and he would leave the ground. And if there were three guys, he'd try to take them all out. And he just... He wasn't very big either. And he would come limping off or, you know, holding his side. But I'll tell you what, he just, he got the kids pumped up. Yeah. I mean, there were times That's where awesome. he, he'd destroy it. And we had three other, four other guys come and make the tackle, yep. you know. Yep. You know, Coach, one thing just in my mind when he's talking about that, all these statistics, you know, we live in a statistical world. We got more information than we need by a long shot. But you know what, in football, or any sport, but especially we're talking football, no one's come up a way to measure a kid's heart. Yeah, amen. 
and you got those kids with a big heart. Yeah. It, that's all it, that's takes. all it takes. I, I mean, they're they're going to do things that they don't think they can do, yeah. and do them right. And I, boy, if we ever found a a way to measure that, you know, you're a head coach now. You know what that's like. You had it as a player coach, but I completely agree with you, coach. I think that's something even today that we struggle with because I think that heart, pat, that heart part of it, what you're talking about, is is you know you could have 20 guys in the team before, and now you're down to like three, four, if you're lucky, maybe five guys on your team that have that, like you're talking about. And yeah. I think that's, and, that, and then it's the way the life, the world is changing. Yeah. And then part of it is we as a coaching staff have to have to figure out ways to, to bring that out of people and, and, and figure that out or if not create that. And, and, and we don't have a system to do it. It's nope. right. It, right. You know, if we knew this, shoot. We talk about this this very thing a lot, we do. don't we, guys? We do, yes. because and that's something that I think the big difference is, you know, the 90s to the two, early 2000s to the current day is is exactly that, is, is that competitive, like, don't care what you do, can't lose a game, you know, and now kids are in a comfort zone, no matter what it is. And, and, and I'm not, and, it's, and I'm a parent of today's kids, and I get that, but kids are spoiled in the fact that they don't have to fight for anything. They just get whatever they get, you know, and, and my son's one of them. I'm not, I'm not, you know, because society makes it so easy, you know, and I met, you know, I met with prom committee this week and they asked me like, what do, what do kids need today? And I don't know, they have everything, you know, pr unless you're going to buy them a new car. But <laughs> I mean, that's literally the only thing that they don't have. You know, the kids don't get excited about TVs, fridges, no. Uh, you know, watches, iPad. I mean, they don't have, they have everything. That's there. a good point, Curtis. And, and, and to take that further, I think one of the things that happens that I've noticed, and I, I noticed it in the late 90s starting, is so many of the parents want to live their sports career through yeah. their kids yeah. and have their kids have the success that they didn't have. And, and, and today, you know, you got, uh, not just their parents, but their grandparents out there. And I think it makes it harder in the coaching profession because of that type of thing. And, you know, you send them to this camp and you send them to that. And this travel team and that travel team, well, I don't know if that's the answer. I, You know, I know I sound a little old-fashioned, but I am. But I think I'm right, too. No, I agree. Yeah, you. you know, the, the way to find that. I think I look at the success of Central Line and I think how many kids we had that played better than that God wanted them to play because they had that intestinal fortitude, that drive, and how they got it, I don't know, but they got it. Yeah. I call it the killer instinct. And my, that's what I use yeah, for okay. is just the Whatever killer it instinct is. because they, they, no matter what, they, they put it out there on the line. And, and today's, it's, it's just the losing a little bit of that and, and you know you brought that up and I'm, I'm glad you did because I think that's a big part of it yeah you know you know Terry I go back to Terry here a little bit but for, Terry one of the guys that I thought you had probably the most fun coaching and and you can tell me if I'm wrong was it was the Georgian uh, the, oh. the kid that that uh, was a foreign shaggy student that came yeah. out and kicked and came, came out and kicked and Terry Terry were you a little bit scared of him what do you mean? Because he did want to punch you one day. Would I you? know he wanted to punch me. 
<laughs> I but, know. But did, were you a little scared? But but you Terry, know, Terry, were you a little scared? I was scared? not a little bit scared. <laughs> he would have knocked me down, but I'd have got up. But I, I'll tell but, you what. Because you, uh, you did call him a Russian. Oh, I, I still do. Yeah, and he's uh, from the country of Georgia. He's from he does Georgia. not like Arch Russia. Arch enemies to Russia. <laughs> and and I, I still call him the mad Russian. In fact, I commented, commented on his uh, Facebook page the other day. I said, how you doing, you old mad Russian? And I always get a response, well, you dumb old Dutchman. <laughs> and uh, no, the, yeah, he, he, he's a classic. He's. Nah, he was fun. He, he contacts me every so often. Yeah, Do you ever good. remember? He, our, he did send me a tape one time of him playing some flag football oh, over in Georgia. Nice. Fullback. <laughs> <laughs> you and, remember the you remember the two kids from Germany that showed up for practice that when they were going to kick and yeah, and you sent them out that one day. <laughs> we, and we put them out in the rain. It was in the rainy, windy day, and they weren't there the next day. A little <laughs> bit later, a little bit later, we looked over there and they weren't around. So maybe this last time you we know, saw you them. You know, Terry, I have to admit, you know, Coach Smith talked about my sophomore year. I remember I was down practicing sophomore grade, and Coach Smith goes, "Curtis, get up here!" And I was, I didn't. I was half scared running up to the varsity field because it was a lower level. I was half scared running up, but at the same time, I thought to myself, I don't have Terry as a coach anymore. I better work my ass off. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't that bad. <laughs> it's the rest of history. Uh, yeah. uh, but uh, we're going to talk a little bit, um, again, just memories of, of coaching. But uh, Coach Schmidt, we'll start with you. What was the best game you you coach in when it comes to competitiveness? Like what – Looking back on all the years, and we've had some dog fights. Any, any game that just truly sticks out to you, just maybe from a defensive standpoint or from you coaching, one that you can. Boy, I know, I know, it's ain't easy, but. Well, those two Harlem games. Oh yeah. yeah. Because. God, you're taking on, you know, the premier program in Iowa. I don't care what class you're in. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, we beat them up here, and. We play them in that semifinal, our 98 team. And God, we had a good team in 98, son Dang. of a bucket. And we're down. We had a 70-yard touchdown yeah. run called back Early on, on a phantom holding. On a phantom holding. We talked about that last week. And and we're down 7 to nothing in the fourth quarter, and we got the ball. I can remember going up, Coach, I said, you got six minutes left. We got enough time. We're down seven nothing, and lo and behold, they blocked two punts, and they covered them on the I think the two or three yard line and scored. Yeah. So it looked like they beat us nineteen right. to nineteen to nothing. Yeah. It was a seven to seven game. Yeah, really that's affordable. exactly yeah. right. Yeah, we talked about it last week. Much and, better game than the final. Score. And I talked to the Harlan coach down at USD the defense, and he says, you know what? He said, of all the success, he says we had three great teams, outstanding. He says 98 was one of them, and we darn near, we should have tied that 98 yep. game with a we good were, official call. We were right there. Yep. Yep. Absolutely, 100%. Spent a lot of time on that last week. It's one and of those games we don't ever forget, do you? And the other team I, I've always respected, ne I never disliked them, I respected them, was Westline because they knew what we were going to do. We knew what they were going to do. And both teams just left it on the field when we played them. You know, yeah. yep. it, it was, uh, I think it's one of the great rivalries. And, well, it's a great rivalry in this area. But yeah, that was, I've always respected them. 
And like I said, they knew what we were going to do, and they we knew what they were going to do, and there were, there was never any surprises no. in that game. It was just who blocked and tackled the best that game. Yeah, and and over the years, it's probably not too. Over all these years, probably not two coaching staffs that respected each other more either. And, and you know, Toby was mentioning this, and Kirkus, in the length of the of the coaches on the staff. Yeah, same, right? yeah. And look at the length of the coaches. Yeah. Uh, Very similar, yeah. Jade's been there, I can't, some Snyder took over that program. It was there like three or five years, and Jay was his defensive coach. Yeah, that would have been Daryl Hogevane took it over. And, and then he Jay, went to yeah. that, that place down south yeah. at a big salary, yeah. that Boer plant or something, you know. Yeah, down in. Seaman plant, you know. Down in Nebraska. Yeah. Whatever, yeah. And I remember Dick saying, he said, Schmitty, he says, they'll never run running that offense. <laughs> They're still running the <laughs> same <laughs> offense today. Yeah. <laughs> we power eye and offset yeah. the power eye and they yeah. run the ball, run the ball, and run the ball. Yeah. Terry, for you? Well, you know, the Harlan games stand up, but one of the games that, you know, that really stands out for me, it was kind of and very enjoyable, was Okaboji when we went there. Uh, we had Mitch and CJ on the, uh, my, were my two returners at the time. And Okaboji came, you know, we ran three plays, punted. They came right down and scored. They kicked off to CJ, and CJ returned, returned the, the touchdown. Yep. You know, we kicked off. They went right down and scored again. And, and you know, we got talking. I pulled the kids out. We had been working on this one kickoff return with a little reverse because we had Mitch for speed. And I said, you know, they're not going to kick to CJ. So I said, Mitch, you just you just lead up, let CJ hog it, and we're running that reverse. And yeah, lo and behold, next play, boom, there, there went Mitch all by himself. Everybody's over on the one side. But that game was just a became a dogfight. I mean, we knew they were going to be kind of tough, but man, it just was back and forth. And you know, that was kind of one of the memories that yeah. that I mm -hmm. really no, that's exactly, that's awesome. Um, Coach Schmidt, it's going to be another tough question because you've been a part of a lot of great football years. All the years we talked about, what was your most memorable coaching year? Golly. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'm going to put Coach Lorenzo on the spot here down, down the road yet, so you're not, I, I get you. I'd say all 25 of my coaches of defense really were very memorable years. I, I can't pick and say, you know, I know we won a state championship, but four times we got beat in the finals. And that that bothers me to this day, because I, I don't know. I just looked at, I don't, when I started the season, I just looked at the season and I always felt I, I, I grew up with an inferiority complex. I still have one to this day. Why, I don't know, but I do. And, uh, I always felt all these coaches are smarter than me and know more than me. But if I outwork them, if I outwork them and prepare twice as much as they do while they're going to watch Iowa and stuff and I'm doing my stuff and preparing, we got a chance. And, and that's the way I approached it. I don't care if we were three and six, four or five or, gee, I think 
the last one we ran off a lot of 13 and 12 and ones, didn't we? Something yep. like that. Yep. But mm -hmm. Well, I know one thing. There's a lot of guys in this room right now that play defense for you. And by Wednesday, when our, off, when our scout team came out on the, and doing an offensive set, pretty much every defensive guy here knew what play was going to get run. I mean, there was nothing that was left for, for anything to be um, thought of with Coach Schmidt. He took care of everything. The, the best was when they're in this formation, 39% of the time they will run this play. Yep. <laughs> and, he was, and you were right. <laughs> I can remember one time, Terry, you were running the scout team. And, you know, there's another thing. We... Toby did such a good job of creating these scout teams, and I know you still do it today, but that wasn't done in the past. Toby's the one that got that really good scout team going. And I can remember uh, things such as that, but I remember Terry and Jerry Pulesky, how many thousands and thousands of passes they threw to my, against my secondary. They had to ask for them. And I remember Terry running the scout team, we're playing Rock Valley. And I think, I know this, we beat Rock Valley two or three years that we had no business beating that team. They were, they, they were better than us. Two kids, six, seven, eight mm -hmm. wide receivers play yeah. basketball at South Dakota State. Quarterback plays three years at USD. And Terry, I remember him looking at that, and he's, they got this fullback that goes to Northwestern had a great career. Terry says, 42 times? They ran this off tackle play 42 times. Yeah. Boy, I'll tell you, we stuffed that son of a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought if you took away two or three or their, their two or three favorite running plays, and now Curtis tells me they run about 100 now. Yeah. And take away two or three of their favorite pass plays, we have a chance. But now it's it's changed, you know, they're, they're throwing that ball all over the place. But I still think you've got to run the ball to win. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, you know, Mo talking about, I think you maybe answered this already, Coach, but uh, who's an opposing coach that you knew would always be difficult to coach against, no matter the team level or skill? West Lion. West Lion. Anybody else? Emmitsburg was always, Emmitsburg, yeah. you know, yeah. very, very well coached. I, I think those two in particular. And I had a lot of respect for that, uh, Toby, the Lamar's coach. Jim Boyd. Jim, Jim Boyd. Boyd. Yeah. I know a lot of people didn't think of him, but the son of a bucket. How many games we played him that it was – one touchdown. Tough games. Good Extremely. rivalry, boy. And they, always, they had a quarterback that if yeah. you let him go, you, you'd never catch him. Yep. And they ran option football, which I yep. – that's what we played when I was in high school. Option was easy for me to to defend because I knew what to do sure, on option. Sure. And, uh, boy, they had – They had athletes. And they, oh. we had a we, – we've talked about that. We developed an, a really intense rivalry with Lamar's. Uh, over a number of, a about, number of years, about yeah. 10 years maybe, not yeah. quite, yeah. Tough back and forth. I think the good guys won more than the bad guys, oh, yeah. which is normal, yeah. but they were tough, and they were 
Yeah, and that was Jim Boyd's teams. Boy, they had good athletes. Yeah, they did. They did. <laughs> yeah, and Lamar's never did. You know, Lamar's being a Lamar's guy, I know that they never, ever had anything nice to say about Jim Boyd. But ever since Jim Boyd has left, they've never, they've, made, they've they've never, been, they've never been a factor at all. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. That's good right. Point. Good That's point. Good point. Terry, I skipped you there a little oh. bit, but uh, your, your favorite coaching season? I had six of them. Well, that, no, I said favorite coaching well, season. I know. <laughs> I had six of them. Six with uh, my two oldest boys and one with my grandson. There you go. There you go. There you go. I, I those, can live with that. Then. Those, yeah, we can deal with that. Those were memories. You know, you I, know. I, was really, I was really thinking Coach Schmidt was going to say 1999 for us. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm just, I mean, maybe I'm a little biased. Boy, not the way he talked at Toby's house all the time. But I tell you what, <laughs> but 1999, our defense won games. Oh, so yeah, I'm oh just yeah. saying, I thought, uh, I thought, well, I thought it was going to be the favorite, but I, but I may be biased, Coach. I mean, that was a very overachieving team. Our 99. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, very right. proud. Yes, we had like was. two defense starters returning on. How many? I think we had two. Two starters yeah. returning. Yeah. And Trent, Coach Schmidt, I, I think you'll agree with this, Terry, Wyatt. too. Um, over my time, there were very few players that we ever had who could who could will his teammates to win games, and I think Curtis was that guy. I think he might be uh, maybe the only one that I've ever been involved with with coaching that could do that. And I think that season he really brought that out. We won a lot of games. We just we just outlasted them and I think Curtis had a lot to do with that that season that was a special year because of the, of the way we won a lot of games is that the team we beat uh, who was that team we beat to get to the dome Clear Lake Clear, yeah. Clear Lake yeah. two years, Clear in, Lake. Two years, two years, years in a row yeah. oh God, yeah. unbelievable did you did you chew out in the huddle ever Curtis that chew out in the huddle in, you know, when you're capping that team, you, you weren't know, honestly, called capping you? you know, we, we, we reviewed that year, but I honestly, it wasn't, I think we all had a common goal and we knew what that goal was and it was just an accountability thing, like letting down. And that's that killer instinct factor. You know, yeah. talk about Nate Rob and Matt and Josh and, you know, these guys sitting here and it's fun to watch. But it, but it was just a factor, like nobody wanted to let anybody else down. And, and, and the, the drive to just never stop. I and that's why I think defensively we were so talented. Be, not not talented, I shouldn't say that. Our, our, our willingness to, n our drive to never lose. Like it didn't matter what happened. And and that's where for us it was. Didn't Eric Clevering play in the, yeah. the semifinal game broken with hand. a broken hand? And, yeah. and yeah. they Tim threw. had a torn ACL. MCL. 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 And just a bunch of tough kids, man. And, yep. and boy, I, those were an outstanding one side of my deep yeah. corner and safety. Yeah. They, they were really good. Yeah. Curtis, you know. And I we could, talk about the speed. We've talked about speed before, but the speed of that team up front was amazing. Yeah. You know, Josh Bathy was amazingly fast, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> fast enough, right, Josh? We had all the fast guys Josh, that we had to big, Josh, big you only take your two gaps and you did your job, right, buddy? <laughs> you got that right, buddy. I love it. That's what do I you guys, got, buddy. Do you guys know this about that Jefferson game? They scored, fumbled a snap on the extra point, threw a pass, and completed it. That's right. You know who caught the pass? Number 34, the snapper. It was an illegal, and I never caught it. 
and you know, and that could have been that myself. Check that and, and out. That, that could have been, uh, we could have got beat seven to six. Because yeah. that was a tight and, game. And that, no, or, so that was a game that, that yeah, you scored I, that, on. That, that you I, I, can, I can personally uh, reflect on just play, you know, playing on these coaches that they, they were moving the ball down us, and obviously uh, late in that game, they had a huge tight end. Like the guy was like 280. He's like kind of fatty, but he like sat himself up and, and you know, moved himself throughout the field, knew his, the, the spots to, to sit in. And he caught a big pass against us. And we, you call a timeout or somebody called a timeout, and, and you go, we need to stop that tight end. And I remember looking at you and be like, Coach, he won't catch the ball again. I got him. We're not going to catch it. The next play – they throw a pass, he catches it. And you, <laughs> and we, call, we call a timeout again. They call a timeout, and the, for the first time in my entire life, I did not want to go and see you. I could, I, could not, I could not bring myself to face you eye to eye, knowing that I told you that I wasn't going to let it happen, and it happened. And I remember walking to the sideline, and you go, you go, well, oh, that just happened. I'm going, oh, oh, oh. I never, and it hurt me, and I still remember to this day, like when he caught it, my fear wasn't that we were going to lose a game. My fear wasn't that he caught it. My fear, when I heard the whistle blow, I had to walk to the <laughs> sideline and face you. Like, <laughs> that was my fear. <laughs> and, and not that, that you're going to yell at me. And that guy was six foot eight, wasn't ah, he? He was a monster. But and, it wasn't. And I remember you there, and they, they threw the ball. They had a heck of a quarterback on that team. Yeah, they did. And he threw that. You were right there, but you were. It was like, it was like going to confession. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I just failed uh, in life. I let him down. But and you know, since we got a lot of older people, don't forget, we ran uh, prime time double switch when they were kicking the game winning field Absolutely. goal. That's right. And next thing you know, Captain Cap Curtis, Captain Curtis it. makes the play. We game end up over. recovering the fifty yard line. It's over. Game over. Yeah, you got that right. That's why, you know, it's, I'm just lucky enough to live through it and, and talk about it. And it's, it's what an experience. Coach. Well, you I, broke, you broke the big run at uh, about a 55-yarder. Didn't yeah. you just score? Yeah. And then we recovered a fumble. Danny Schulman kicked a, the field goal to give yeah. us 10. Yeah. So. It was tough, tough game, but the good guys won. Again, they the were, they were a good Defensively, we were, we were just so good. Yep. We were, we were disciplined. I bet, I bet, all, I bet coaches. We can talk about this maybe later, but I often wonder in the minds of coaches that put their time in, that coached against you, Coach Schmidt, at that time, how frustrating they were. Because we didn't cheat on defense. We, we didn't blitz very much. Mm -mm. But we played, you played the numbers game. You know, you taught me early on in my coaching career, you know, you, you put the piece of paper and you go count this side of the center, move the piece of paper over, you said count this side of the center. If you, have the num if you equal the numbers up, that's all you got. That's all you got to care about, and 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 that's something that's always valuable to this day. Yet even when we and talk I, about and, that. And honestly, we look at that the same way offensively, because if we have equal numbers, we feel our guys are going to be tougher than their Absolutely. guy. Absolutely. And you were thinking the exact same thing on the yep. defensive side. Gu guarantee so. those coaches were very frustrated because coaches great at taking away what they love to do the best. That's what that's that was your that was your number one thing. You would take away their best plays. They tried to. Yeah. Tried to. Boy, when you couldn't do it, you were in trouble, though, Toby. <laughs> <Get that right. laughs> 
There's a few games where we walked over to each other. Like, yeah. Get going on defense. Yeah. Don't get going on offense. I don't know. One of, these, one of us <laughs> got to get going. Something's got to happen. And sometimes it's just better than that's you. Right. And, that, and that's ultimately that's right. sometimes yeah. that's the frustrating part of yeah. coaching. You know, like, I've never really said this before. Um, I don't think anyway. Um, but I learned as much offensive line coaching from Coach Schmidt as I probably the next best one for that would, would have been Wayne Hensel. I, just in our conversations and just the way mm -hmm. you did it defensively, I would see it from the opposite side. And we talked so many times, but I learned, especially my younger years, I learned as much offensive line play from you as I did from Wayne Hensel. Mm -hmm. And you guys were kind of from that same school, the same way of doing things, you yeah. know. Yeah. That's, so once again, thank you, Coach. You're welcome. Coach, <laughs> you're welcome. Coach, my, I've got two years that are probably two of the most frustrating times. I mean, I, there's, there's a few times, but there's two years that are the, probably my most frustrating times of walking off the field at the end of the year. And I want to see if they compare anywhere close to you, 02 and 98, walking off the field. Clink senior year and Brad Lupkus' senior year. Tough, tough years. Tough years. That night, God, I thought we were, I even thought we were pretty good in 98. I usually <laughs> didn't think we were good. Yeah, but, yeah. And, and like Curtis said, I didn't realize that we lost nine defensive starters and played the way we did in 99. Yeah. But. Uh, and 02 was a tough one to walk off the field. We were the best team in the state yeah. besides the team that knocked yeah. us off that and year. I, and I'm not convinced over they were. Over at like I said, and we talked about that before, yeah, I, right. I, I felt that was my fault for not disciplining the secondary well enough. And Dwayne talks about a block, but, uh, and then and then the year before, Toby, we got beat seven to six yep. yeah. right here. And, and I remember they scored, they completed a short pass and it popped it, one of our secondary guys stuck the guy and the ball popped in the air, and here comes the tight end, yeah. catches and goes 40 yards for a touchdown. Yeah. Yep. And then one of our linebackers, Mike Klinkenberg, got the 50-yard line, mixed tackle, the ball bounces, he picks up and scores, and, and I, oh, there's six right. minutes to go in the fourth quarter, and we miss the kick. Yep. That's yeah. right. Yeah. But the, yeah, you remember those. Yep. And I remember then talking to you and Emsburg goes over and what did oh, yeah. tw 24 to nothing and 35 to nothing, the two semifinal games two yeah. years ago. Yeah, out. that was yeah. like 40 points. So, the, so the championship, championship game, game had been played. Had been played. Had been played, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's nuts. Wow. Well, Coach, uh, I'm going to ask you first, Coach Schmidt, and I'm going to go Coach Van Berkman next, but what's the hardest part of coaching? Throughout all your years of coaching, what's the hardest part of coaching? Oh, God, that's, that's pretty easy. Taking your family time that, that you got to cheat on, having an understanding wife and family, I, I think it's, if you don't have that, I don't think you mentally can do the job you want to do. And then, you know, the time element, I always thought we had – at the most two and a half hours from Monday through Thursday practice for defense and probably two and a half, three hours for offense, something like that. And the time element, you, you, you couldn't waste any time. I mean, and I remember uh, 
the last few years when we went from group to group. Hustle, sprint to that next group. Well, one of the things we had to do is after I retired from coaching, uh, I don't wear a watch anymore, but boy, when you coached, you had to watch that time. I thought the hardest thing was the time element. You were, you were strapped in time. Yeah, you know, yeah. I don't care if you're coaching offense, defense, head coach, special teams, whatever it was, boy, that time element. Yeah. Gary? I, I would say mine would be in the locker room after the last game. Yeah. Saying goodbye to the seniors. Yeah. You know, you know, I'll, no matter where it was, you know, it just, I, rem I remember at Emmitsburg, Mike Klinkenberg standing there and I walked over to him and, and I, I've never seen a kid so heartbroken in his life. And, and, and you feel like you kind of failed the kids, you know, that you, you should have done something a little different. And, you know, that we should all go out, you know. And, and the second part for me, the hardest part was retiring yeah. or leaving. Walking away. Because I've, I've got family that is still coaching. And yeah. you know, that's tough. You know, like somebody asked me that a while back, and Coach Cruz and I talked about it in my office, and somebody asked me the same question, like, what's the hardest part of coaching? And uh, they're like, oh, it's got to be parents. And, you know, and honestly, for me, the hardest part of coaching was watching kids get hurt. The injury factor is, for me, is by far the hardest thing you, you can. Oh, it seemed to happen to the good kids, too. That yeah. What you call the good kids that yeah. didn't deserve this. You know, and just watching them, if it's the first game of the year, if it's preseason, they sit there and they watch the season. And for me, that's, that's the hardest part. So that's why the question was asked to you guys, because it's, it's one of those things that, uh, it, you know, coaching has a lot of ups, but uh, the downs are the downs, and we all know that. So um, it's a lot of time that we spend with those kids, like you said, Coach, and uh, like you said, uh, preparing for them. But, um, uh, Coach Schmidt, I'll start with you. If you had one piece of advice for coaches coming in in today's age, what would, what would, what would be your one piece of advice to, to young coaches? you got to love what you're doing. I never – I know they use this all a lot, but I, I've been this. I never worked a day in my life. <laughs> I, I, I loved what I was doing. I loved teaching. I loved coaching. And, and I'm a poor person to ask because I, I think if you out prepare that other coach, you, you got a chance to win. And you got to have so many tangible. You got to have a great staff around you. You got. You know, we have a community that football is important to. You know, you walk down the street July 3rd and someone comes up, how's the football team going to be coached next year? What one in the UI. Yeah. And, and I think it, it builds on you as a coach that I got a responsibility to this school, to these kids, and do the best job I can do. I got to do a better job than the best job I can do. And I think that's why we got so much on it. We got such good kids that give us that. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and boy, that's what it takes. And the other teams got it too, so. Coach Van Berkham? Well, I, I can't agree with what you said, but I'm going to look at Mitch right now because I had the opportunity to coach, coach him 
and coach with him, enjoy it. Because before you know it, you're going to be sitting in my chair. It, it's, it's over before you know it. Yeah. I mean, that. Yeah. enjoy the family that you make with, with coaching. I mean, boy, I, I, Friday nights are hard to go home to my house and sit with Kathy instead of, <laughs> well, I'm not, I mean, I, I love my wife. I mean, <laughs> let me backtrack a little bit. But, but no, you know, it's with, part really going to be home fun with, tonight. With Jill, and Jan, <laughs> with Jill and Jan, you know, and, and just sitting at Toby's house yeah. on a Friday night, mm-hmm. I mean, there were times, you know, we we're trying to, hey, we got some tape, let's break down. You know, for playoffs, you know, what we figure our salary was a few years, like 27 cents, 20 cents an hour. An hour. <laughs> Love it. I do it every year, but, you know, just enjoy it while, while you can, because it's over before you know it. Curtis, I got to throw something in with Coach Lorenzen here and Coach Noah. You know, I was 66, eight and a half months old when I retired, and I thought that was probably too young, but that's it. Was the, and, and I keep thinking how much I learned the last 20 years I coached. And I always wondered if Coach Null and Coach Lorenzen had coached for 15 more years each or 10 more years each. Not, I mean, Jesus. Look at the job he did. I, I don't blame him. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, probably I was just a slow learner. It took me, took me <laughs> to 40, 50s, and 60s to, to get things out. But I, I always can, wondered if, I, if those guys had continued to, yeah. to be the coaches. I well. can relate what you're saying, Coach. These last five, six years, I've learned more football in the last five or six years than I have the previous 25 or 30 or whatever before that. I can believe that. I really, really yeah. understand what you're saying. Yeah. I really do. You know. And thank God I get to work with the people I do. You know, it's like someone coming to your house to work on something and dumbing me. I always say, I hope you're not a rookie. You know, if <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. can't fix a thing. So if we got yeah. a plumber or electrician, yeah. I don't want a rookie. I want someone with experience yeah. there. And I guess <laughs> all this wonderful experience Toby and Dick had, you know, yeah. wow. And I've got to say another thing, too. I wonder how many times someone called Toby on the phone and told him what a lousy job Dwayne Postma, Greg Schmidt, you ought to get rid of those guys. And he swallowed it, put up with us, and kept us, you know. I know those things had to happen because I was the head coach. I know what it's like to get the, the phone chewed out, you know. And well, that's one of the greatest things, and I learned that from Dick Null when I became assistant with him, and all you guys know that. There's one thing, when you become a CLGLR football coach, you got each other's backs, and you always have each other's backs until the day you die. And I think these guys know it, you know it, but yeah, it doesn't matter. Blood's thicker than right when as far as it comes to CLGLR football coaches and, and we all got each other's backs, and we always will, and we always totally believe in what everybody has always done because we've always done it the right way. Yeah, I would agree. Like, I, I'm just lucky enough, Tobe, that I, I took over, and, or you got out, I took over, whatever, but I still have you. You know, like, mm-hmm. we, we still, there, 
Is there a day of the year we don't talk to them? No, I don't and, I, so. and I, I cherish the moments that I walk into yeah. your office and talk to you guys yeah. and stuff every day. And that's for me. It's like I like people don't know how lucky I am to you know to still have the people that have been around for long times or perspectives or there's times that we struggle and you know, you know the goods and the bads and and I walk up to the weight room I still get to see Tobe every day and and he you know he can tell me the tell me things I don't want to hear sometimes and tell me things I need to hear sometimes and and other times he pats me on the back and says that that's the way life is and 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 that's it's a big part of me and I appreciate that and I think that's what we're kind of talking about in the fact yeah. of because yeah. the coaching the coaching uh, world is a small world you know our you know, you can only rely and trust and really trust the people um, within within yeah. that staff that, you know, I've go through the same struggles every day that, uh, that we all experience. And, so. and along the same line, Coach, um, there's during the season especially, there's not a week goes by where we don't, where I call it, where we, it's probably because I do it, because I'm the oldest one, I guess, but there's, there's, there's not a week goes by where we don't bring up or we or I don't bring up or somebody doesn't bring up something about Greg Schmidt, what he would have done or what he, how he would have done it, a reminder, or how Dick Nall would have done it. Now now we bring the same thing up with Tobe as well. So those are things. we, we uh, The experience that we've all had in this program, especially the guys that are here tonight as coaches, it's incredible what we can what we can draw on from our experience being part of this program for yeah. the, all these years. Go back to those years of experience again. Yeah. It's wonderful. It really is. Yeah, yeah we're very our lucky. Treasure. We're very fortunate. That's all us to it. Uh, you know, keep moving here. We're going to talk. Coach, during your career, was there ever a time when you felt like you wanted to get out of coaching? Never. Never. No. Well, like I said, I, I – I enjoyed it. I loved it. It, I, no. Never, ne, never, Curtis, Captain Curtis, I always called him. Yep. <laughs> yep. You've always been it Captain never, Curtis. It never <laughs> entered my mind. That's awesome. Until all of a sudden I did, you know, a lot, but. You know, I was fortunate in the fact that when you retired from folk, from teaching, we were able to continue you coaching, and if you didn't, if some of these people don't know out here in Radio Land that you know you moved to Sioux City, but you would come up and spend your falls living in Rock Rapids at variety of places. Yeah. What are your places? You remind everybody where you were at when you were when you when you came back and lived just during the football season at, in Rock Rapids. I think the first year I I lived with Bev and Dave Seeperda. And then uh, the second year, Ken Keel had an old house he That's bought. Right. On the corner. Yep. Next door. Right next door. Next to door to him. Okay. Down the corner. Ooh, that was. <laughs> 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 and then I stayed at, uh, at uh, the Catholic Church Parsonage, and that was the best place. Then you had a little glow around you all the time. But, but Coach Smith, <laughs> no, did, did you stay in uh, um and then the last year, right, she taught school Pat, at Pat Wiener. She we got married then. Go. Yep, she oh, got married, moved right. out of town, that's and you got right. that house. That's, that's I lived yeah. in that house the last year yeah. in 20, 208. 
because I remember Kurt's coming over and hooking yeah. up my TV and VCR <laughs> for me. Yeah, yeah. I loved it because I would go to coaches' meetings at our district meetings and stuff, and I would tell him, tell these guys about Coach Schmidt that I get him to come and live in Rock Rapids during the football <laughs> season, and these coaches would look at me like, "You got to be kidding me! You actually get that guy to do that?" Yeah, throughout? yeah. And and. Uh, you know, Mitch and I laugh about it all the time. I drive by at lunch, and you, when you were staying at the Catholic Church, and and his mom was working up there as a secretary, and uh, and uh, you'd be out, you'd be outside, and I'd stop and talk to you, and you'd be in the middle of your thinking of what you're going to do and this and that, and and then that would go through that whole day, and then by the end of the day, you probably went and talked to Sandy a little bit, but you <laughs> checked in with her every once yeah. in a while, but <laughs> but uh, that was so special that you were able to, folk. I mean. For for Jan to let you come and be able to spend your falls Thanks, here, Jan. thank yeah. you very thank much, you. Jan, because <laughs> because uh, it was it was truly special and it kind of almost got to be kind of like a cult thing on where yeah. you were at and where you were. Li where's Smitty living this year? Where's he gonna <laughs> live? You know, it's like this. I remember I remember Snyder and I painting. We shingled that house of Ken Keels there, and you were ready to go in that one, and and uh, we'd always find this or that for you, but. But it was so cool that you were that committed to Central Lion George Lillard football that you wanted to yep. spend part of your year up there. That was that was so that was so unique. You know, if you ask Jen, I think she'll agree. We agreed on this because I wasn't crazy about moving. But you know, yes, dear. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, <laughs> if you ask her, she'll say, "Well, I thought he'd do it for a couple of years," and well, I'd want to. What was it? Eight, 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 eight years. Eight, eight, eight years. Eight years or something like that. Yep. You never know. Eight so, or nine years. That was awesome. But it, it really was a it was, it was a cool. wonderful experience. It was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's fun, fun, some fun years there. Um, you know, moving on, finishing up here uh, in a little bit here, but Coach Met, to you, what did it mean to be part of this program? Well, it was just wonderful. It was like a, a unique family that uh, is probably closer than your regular family as far as getting along and doing things together, agreeing, disagreeing, working. Uh, it, it was truly a blessing for me. I'll, I'll treasure it to my dying day. It was, it was, it was really something. And such wonderful people to work in such good athletes we had to work with, you know, that it just, it just means a lot. It still does to this day. It's, it's very, very touching. I enjoyed it. I loved it. And I had good support of my wife. Like I said, put up with me all those years. And, and uh, I just thought about football. Probably ignored her, you know. I don't know. But it worked out. You know, and I think all of us sitting here, the way we coach this day is a big part of what you brought to our program, and especially to me, and I, and I can speak from my half, but I know defensively from even Coach Lupkis, Coach uh, Van Beek to this day, um, the discipline factor, the accountability factor, the preparation. Preparation, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's it, no matter – you wonder how long that will carry on because it's been such a huge impact in our lives and the way we coach. And we're like, like Coach Postman said earlier, we still talk about a lot of 
what Coach Schmidt do and how would Coach Schmidt line up and, you know, is, is the accountability there. And, and so for us, and, that, and then that, that talk to the guys after we're done here, but it's still the same, you know. Yeah. And, that, and that's what's awesome. You know, that's for you, you know, like tomorrow when you wake up, you can realize, man, you, you made a huge impact not only on me personally, but as a football coach in our football program, and that's a big deal. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, uh, just I, anytime I was interviewed towards the end of my career and I, they asked me about, you know, coaching at Central Lion, George Little Rock, you know, I always said 98% of my coaching I learned from Dick Knoll and Greg Schmidt. And I'm, pre I'm guessing, you know, I, I love Dick to death, but probably more of that percentage falls on Greg Schmidt. And you were always my assistant, but the things I learned from you made me a better head coach. And, and I always will appreciate that. And I've talked to Curtis about that numerous times. And I've talked to Dewey about that nervous at numerous of times. But, yeah, the things I learned from you are invaluable, either on the field or off the field. But um, those are things that, that carried me through my coaching career and will carry me through everything throughout my life, too. And uh, I appreciate that. And, frankly, Coach, it's on us, uh, um, the current staff, um, to make sure and we don't, we don't know who, you know, Mitch is a pretty young guy, I guess, on our staff, uh, Grant. But it's important for us to make sure that that continues to carry on into the next generation of CLGLR football coaches. Because exactly. it's invaluable what you, what you gave us. And this old boy sitting on the other side of me, Terry Van Burkham. Before, before, um, we start, let's, before you start, ahead, that, let's, let's ask Terry the same question. Yeah. What's it mean to you to be part of this program, Terry? It, I've been blessed. I mean, it's, I've had a wife that supported me, and I've made great friends. I, I, I see former players, I run into them, you know, it, it's just, I, I've coached with guys, we, we've argued on the sideline, we've yelled at each other on the sideline, but if there was a fist fight, I, I know we everybody would have our backs. Yeah. I mean, Keith and I have coached probably, I don't know how many games we've gone together. And there were times where he would yell at me and I'd be yelling at him at a freshman JV game. And, <laughs> and you, you know what? But on the ride home of the bus, we'd be laughing. And, you know, and, and we just, it, it, I, I feel blessed yeah. that I've, my only regret is I wish I had another 27 more years, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah, that's true. Time for the Young Bucks to take over, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Curtis, you and I and Jeff talked about the other day. We did. How important, and, and I, I jokingly began calling you the quality control coach. <laughs> and how many, th I mean, you were a great special teams coach for us, but that plus the fact how important a quality control coach is. And when I say quality control coach, all those things that you don't realize that you got to do in a normal season and how hard those can be for a head coach to do and how much time they take and things like that and how you just take for granted that stuff until it's stuck on your lap. This guy took over all those things for me and was, was huge in that aspect. And it just made life so easier for me to be able to coach and be able to be the head coach and, and, and do things like that. But 
you know, Terry, the things you did for this program, you know, all those kids, those kids are all like, oh yeah, Coach Van Berkham, he was, he was, a, he got after me pretty good, but they understood how important you were to all that stuff that went on. So, so hats off to you, buddy. That, that was Thanks. huge on that because quality control coach is, is kind of minor compared to what you really actually did. You and know? if I, yeah. and if I didn't like the whoppers that you lined up for us after the game or the big Macs, Toby would, <laughs> I, Toby would say, go bitch to Terry I, about yeah, it. Exactly. Go bitch to me. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I'll never forget the, the first time we played, we, we stopped at Sioux city. I got a heck of a deal on everybody got a double quarter pound cheeseburger, and they got double two quarter, of them. That's a half a pound of beef. And no they meat. got two of them. Postma was half. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody that can swing a deal better than Terry. <laughs> no, Terry, yeah, Terry, there's no doubt. We, yes. we talk about to this day. There's there's a big part. You know, that's a, that's a, that's intangible of coaching that nobody thinks about. But it's the ordering the sweatshirts. It's the well, it's it's the locker room management. It's the pad management. It's the I forgot my jersey and home management. And you took care of it. And I never appreciated it when I coached you, Terry, because you know why? I didn't know what the hell you did. And and that fact. No. And then yep. I take over as head coach, and you and Toby get out. Now, guess what? I know what the hell you did. <laughs> and, you know, and, and those are things, like, for me, it, it's a big deal. And, and, and Coach Cruz and I talk about it often. And, and you know, we even got we, – now we even got an athletic trainer to tape. So, we're really yeah. – we're really oh, – Yeah, you guys yeah. got us you know, you, yeah. you, you know, one, one day you chewed my – I don't know. Ass, you chewed my, chewed my ass, excuse me. But – because I was playing with your whistle between my toes while I was taping. But <laughs> you, didn't really like, you didn't like that so much. But, but, I, but that's all right. I, you know, uh, I, I – <laughs> I, I think okay. I did tape it a little tighter that day. Yeah, you probably <laughs> did. But, you know, again, uh, it's, a, it's a lot of intangibles, you know. And, and, you know, we talk about our – we talk about the history of CLGLR football, and, and there's no more – really, the three people sitting here, four people, I, I, I always lump Dewey into – because he still coaches with us. So, But, you know, the four people sitting here is the – I say the rock of CLGLR football, and then, you know, we're just lucky enough to know you. I was lucky enough to come back and be part of it. So. Well, it's so cool. I feel like as I'm sitting here and I'm thinking to myself, we probably should have just had this in my living room at my house. Yeah. <laughs> well, we had one of the wives bring the food and stuff because yeah. that's basically what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we I'm did. Totally but I'm glad we included our, our boys because we got a lot <laughs> yeah. of boys out here that, that yeah. uh, definitely uh, that, that, that made us what we are. But uh, that's, that's why we're doing it now. Yeah, the podcast. Right. We, yeah. we exactly. did that for so many years as uh, you know, sit we, down and talk. Exactly. We've gone about, what, two hours now? And uh, I feel like there's another two hours left. Oh, my God. It seems like five minutes you know, when I get like, out here. Yeah. In fact, that was, this last year, Coach Schmidt sat by the school and uh, was in Coach Lorenz's office. And he came down and got me. He's like, hey, Coach Schmidt's here. And I, so I just I don't care what I was doing. I run upstairs. And I think we ended up talking for like an hour and 15 minutes. It felt like five <laughs> minutes, Coach. Yep. Because it was just boom, boom. You just football, talk. football, more yeah. football. Yeah, yeah and that's, there we go. And it's just, it's, it's so easy to talk. And and so, I, number one, I appreciate coming up here today, yes, Coach. I do too and I know it's much, not, it, I, I got you out of your comfort zone. I know you don't love doing this, but uh, I, I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. And I know that everybody that's listening appreciates it. I got to um, laugh about this quick. Do you remember after we won the 06 championship, they had you and I on KMEG TV and an interview on TV? Yeah. That was the most uncomfortable I've ever been in my life. <laughs> you loved it, I think, but I hated it. <laughs> I wonder like that. Hey, Coach, Coach Schmidt, who was the MVP of that championship team? You remember? Defense. 
I think the Sunk's flying defense yeah. was. Wasn't it? it? The whole defense, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Defense. You got it. Yeah. And that included yeah. you, the man, yep. the yeah. guy that called the, the plays, that prepared the team. That's what it was all about. Yeah. yeah. She just put called that, Coach Smith defense because that's really what it was about. That's right. That's right. And so, yeah. you know, again, I, th I thank you for joining us tonight, Coach. Uh, Coach Van Berkham, thank Thanks, you guys. for uh, coming in and being part of it. And, uh, um, you know, I know you guys got to get back to Sioux City, but I, ultimately it's, uh, it's it, you know, we, we thought about this multiple times, and uh, we're just glad that it, we were able to get together tonight and, and do this. And so, um, this again, this uh, final episode of uh, our Season 2 podcast. Um, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CLGLRFootball. Um, again, Kevin DeBryan is going to make it, make sure we get a good tip tonight. Let's make sure our touchdown club and Thanks, quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. I mean, our quarterback club is in good hands. So I really appreciate Kevin showing up tonight. And uh, thank you guys for showing up and, again, sitting down for two hours. I felt like five minutes. I, I, I'll, we'll probably continue after we're done here. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. we're, we're end our podcast tonight. And uh, from there, we'll, we'll go on. So thank you. Go again. Lions. Thank you, guys. We'll be back again soon, but in the meantime, please rate, review, and subscribe. Tell your friends about our podcast, as we are now available on YouTube, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And of course, follow us on social. We are at CLGLRFootball on Twitter and Instagram. Or you can contact us by emailing CLGLRFB at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and go Lions! Go Lions!